0: Hello there friends, this is Spencer Michaud and today I am joined by my good friend Diana Rose Harper. Uh, Hi. and w- Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you
1: doing? Good. Yeah.
0: Uh, We're going to be talking about the new moon in the first decan of Sagittarius so I'm very excited about that today. Uh, thank you all for joining us here in the chat. Um, I will try to uh, pay attention to that and have this good conversation today. Um, but I'd want to to just shout out a few people that are joining us here, Diana, before we dive in. We've got big stuff coming in here. Um, whereas big stuff, I think, is Australian, perhaps. Timothy is joining us from Los Angeles, California, your neck of the woods. And then Tarya is here from Finland. Laura Burns from Toronto. Rachel is joining us from Ireland. Laura is here from Vancouver, Washington. Rachel is here uh from Ireland, and then Lynn is joining us from snowy Vermont. Remco is here from the Netherlands. Uh, all these beautiful people joining us. Hello, Fion. Hello, Stephen the Jupiterian. Andrea Azanich is here from Croatia. My good friend, Andrea, uh, Space Tiger Tarot. So thank you, friends. Uh, please let me know where you're joining us from. I think we're going to go on a, a nice journey today. Diana, how are you doing? How are you?
1: I'm great. I am delighted that there's such an international crew here. Like, it's making it me did. very happy. And as somebody who's been in snowy Vermont, there's also something I'm like, oh, it's like 60 degrees here and that feels cold to me now. But <laughs> I spent a winter house sitting in Vermont and like there's nothing peak winter. Peak winter is Vermont winter if you want well, that's, a, the most beautiful version. So
0: it's 30 degrees here in sunny, <laughs> uh, sunny southern Michigan. <laughs> so we're, we just had a snow last night. So we're nice. uh, we're getting into that. Porsche. I can't remember
1: the last time I saw snow. Yeah. I think it. I think it. Oh no, it snowed when I was in the desert a couple, of, like a year and a half ago, and that was cool. But yeah.
0: Okay, so this is uh, you know, we this is the the time of the show where we all get jealous that Diana is in a sunny <laughs> Southern California location. Yeah, <laughs> you're, in a, you're in the snowstorms here.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, for those of uh, our audience that aren't familiar with you, Diana. Um, Tell us a little bit more about yourself and where, where you're located. We just let the cat out of the bag here, but uh-huh. uh, some of the things that you're interested in and and just, um, yeah, introduce yourself to our crew here.
1: Uh, yeah, so I live in the traditional lands of the Quiche people um, near the Los Angeles, well, in Los Angeles County. Um, and I, I don't know, I come from the Midwest. That's where I spent most of my life. Really, where um, in the Midwest? I was born in Nebraska, and I finished being a kid in Missouri, and then I went to college in Chicago and stayed there for a decade. Nice. So, pretty solidly Midwestern. Um, I was and, born
0: in Oak Park, so. Oh, I'm, cool! I'm really, yeah, I've
1: yeah. i probably I may have even driven past the hospital where you emerged. <laughs> <It's> like, <yeah. laughs> um, Yeah. So um, relatively recent transplant, uh, like a lot of the exotic species that live here in Los Angeles. Um, And I don't know, what else should I say? I mean, obviously I'm an astrologer um, and I'm also um, historically more so was a tarot reader for a while. Astrology has definitely overtaken things, Um, backgrounds in energy work and clinical body work as well. And, uh, the propulsive thrum of my practice is, um, attempting to at working on, uh, falling in love with being human here mm-hmm. on earth. Yeah. Um, and I find astrology to be an extraordinarily helpful, uh, modality for doing that. So
0: oh, yeah. And yeah. do you, do you share parts of your chart at all?
1: I do. I'm a Capricorn okay. rising, okay. and I have first, second sun and moon, um, so or first, second Sagittarius sun and moon to be specific about which uh, okay. which sign we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have personal experience with this uh, full new moon deccan that we're going to be dealing mm-hmm. with here today, mm-hmm. and uh, you're a fellow twelfth house sun. So welcome yes. to the twelfth house sun talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: so. it's, like, it's amazing. Like we're having this over distance, and we're yeah. each in our own houses. Like we're <sighs> each in our own homes. Like uh, I love it. It's perfect. (laughs) I know, exactly. That's what I'm saying.
0: Um, So we're going to unpack what it's like to be uh, in these, you know, human space meat suits as 12th house sons, I think, (laughs) and and maybe be your guides, I hope, today through the liminal spaces and try to work out what it is like to be human. Because if any of you are also 12th 12th house sons out there, it's a little bit... um, can be hit or miss sometimes. As
1: far as, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, why, why am I here? And when do I get to leave? Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: That, those questions are, those yeah. are good questions for Sagittarius season. I think too, is fi- mm. finding the why through through yeah. our experience in this, in these bodies as well. So, um, okay. And you know, you know, Diana, you have some really mm. cool stuff that is coming up. I've been seeing that you've been sharing some really neat Jupiter. Mm type of, um, experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a bolt of lightning struck me, not literally figuratively, um, where, uh, Jupiter kind of grabbed me by the throat and was like, you should make this. And I was like, uh, what if I don't want to? And it was like, no, you're going to make this. (laughs) And so, um, I do actually want to, it's delightful. I'm working on, um, working on i'm like registration is currently open for uh sagittarius season experience that i am calling by jove and it is a month's worth of deliberate cultivation of relationship with the jupiterian so the jupiterian in the world but also the jupiterian within oneself um through the sort of oops through the foci of four different Jupiterian virtues as sort of like umbrellas. So, um, and those, those virtues being uh, gratitude, generosity, growth, and grace. Hmm. Um, And it's not an astrology class as in by the end of it, you're going to know how to delineate Jupiter and Gemini in the second. (laughs) Um, And instead is a relational astrology experience, relational astrology being um, kind of a name for the form of astrology That I practice, and that name comes from conversations with my friend Pallas K. Augustine and my friend Michael J. Morris. What does it mean to be in relationship with astrology, in relationship with the planets, as a way of creating meaning here on Earth? Mm -hmm. So, um, balancing for the Jupiterian, whether there's excess or deficiency of the Jupiterian, like that's kind of the focus, and like really knowing the planet. Jupiter um, without it being so much about the mythological figures or the deities associated with Jupiter because Jupiter, the planet is akin to Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Zeus is akin to the Roman Jupiter is akin to these figures, um, but is not the same as. So Mm -hmm. it's very medicinal to get to know a planet as themselves, just as it's very medicinal to get to know a human for who they are, rather than the prejudices you might have about them based on their age or race or gender or ethnic origin or things like that.
0: I love that. I love the experiential nature of that. As someone who's mm-hmm. actually quite mercurial, like have, mm-hmm. being embodied is something that I'm trying to, to work more towards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love like kind of the, it sounds like it's a time to maybe shut off the, the, the chattering mind to uh, just be present right Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: you can't listen if you're talking
0: there you go perfect perfect (laughs) Uh, so so check that out what is your your website that you are uh, where we can find you diana
1: um so the easiest way to get there is dianaroseharper.com which will convert you to damashena.com but damashena is harder to spell
0: so yeah so check out diana's jupiterian by Jove offering um really cool really cool stuff uh and um yeah and i wanted to thank our friend remco who is moderating today who is posting all of your links in the chat oh, great so thank you remco that is super awesome and, and thank you go ahead
1: i was just gonna say while we're here i'm just gonna put in um the direct link to the by jove nice. information page
0: and thank you rachel for your generous donation i appreciate that. Um, If you want to make a donation to the work that I'm doing here, you can do what is called a Super Chat or a Super Sticker. There's a little dollar sign in the chat box, and that helps support the work that I do here. Um, You can also, after the fact, buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com. I also have one offering today. I'm I'm still doing a sale on my Deccan's webinars. I did a a webinar series on all the different Deccanic placements. Um, They're three-hour webinars that you can find on my website, spencermichaud.com and Scorpio Deccans webinar is on sale until the end of Scorpio season, which is Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So this is the last weekend or so to get the uh, Scorpio Deccans at 20% off, so check that out. And uh, yeah, if you're new here, uh, and welcome if you're new here, I always like getting new friends. And yes, we do have a wonderful international crowd, which is super, super awesome. I'm really excited for all my European friends to be here and um, people in all parts of the world. Um, yeah, if you're new here, um, please, please subscribe to the channel and to my newsletter and, and hit the like button and all of those things that we have to say in this modern, you know, digital age to make a living. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry, all it spiels over, friends. So. <laughs> uh, we're getting a lot of really nice comments in the chat. Um, there, it's a really active chat today. So I'm, I'm trying to to, to make sure that i'm acknowledging everyone that's here but i might not be able to get to everything today friends Uh, but thank you so much for your comments and if you do have a question please drop that question in the chat box and i'll try to make sure that i see it maybe put question in all caps in front of your question if you have something that you want to to ask either me or or diana today okay diana should we dive into this new moon in sagittarius sure all right so um so you are a Sagittarius one native Mm -hmm. with the sun and moon
1: in that decan. yeah I'm a new moon baby I was born um at one point I like actually looked up the number of hours after the new moon um but within 12 hours I think of uh of the new moon so I'm on the the waxing side of the new moon um in the 12th and it's been a journey to get to know it so and you mm-hmm.
0: you've done some work with Austin Kapik in the past, mm-hmm. right? You worked with Yeah.
1: Him. Yeah. Austin is my um is my primary astrology teacher at this point, um, and has uh served as an occasional mentor as yeah. well. And um I think for like with him, it's like his uh moon-ruledness, but from a moon in Gemini, um, really facilitates communicating around the lunar in informative ways. And so that's been It's definitely been important for me um, in my own comprehension broadly, but also specifically for myself.
0: Nice. Yeah. He's one of my all-time favorites and Mm -hmm. I've learned a ton from his material and his talks. And I like his, uh, the other Decanic, you know, kind of Mm semi-expert T. Susan Chang is also great. I want to ask you, Diana. So (laughs) before we even dive into like all the things that other authors have said, what has your experience been of this decan of, of Sagittarius in general, of Jupiter or Zeus, the planet, um, and how you've you've lived it? Tell tell us more mm. about your lived experience.
1: Yeah, so um this is one of those things where I, I feel like uh the fact that I also have Uranus on the Ascendant um, that blends with the first Deccan new moon, first decan Sag New Moon experience of just um, I am going to do it the way that I would like to do it. (laughs) Mm. My moon is also out of bounds. Um, and so that sensation of like, what are, what are rules? Like, I know that if I pass through a particular experience, I'm going to be resilient enough to navigate it. And I think that's one of the things about the first second of Sag there's, um, it's not just, it's not the um, bullheadedness of Aries, or the ram headedness, to be technical. It's not that like I'm just gonna do it because I want to do it. It's the I'm gonna do this because I know that whatever happens, I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. Right. So there's a specific concept that's been really important for me called basic trust. And I heard about it from a, like an embodiment uh, podcast years ago, and only recently discovered that it's actually part of a whole psychological development idea by the psychologist Eric Erickson. Um, And it's this idea that like you are held by the universe, or you are you're gonna be okay. And then the development model, it's about um, did you have reliable caregivers? as a child? And what does that do in terms of your ability to have a secure relationship with existence? Mm. Um, I didn't have reliable caregivers. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely did not have reliable caregivers. Um, I want to make a joke that's like hashtag trauma, babe, but like like that sense of humor, that is part of that, that Sagittarius experience overall, right? The cosmic chuckle is what I like to call it. And I feel like um particularly having the moon in that first decan it's the like i'm going to keep moving because there's been something beneath my feet every time i've fallen yeah right and so running itself is not a problem yeah even if i trip i can get back up and um you know one of the phrases that i've think of as, you know, on the surface, it seems Saturnian, but I think it's actually very Jupiterian, which is this too shall pass, Mm -hmm. right? Like whatever it is that you're experiencing will pass, whether that's positive or negative. If it's a positive thing, then you should delight in it because it's amazing, right? If it's a negative thing, just breathe through it because it's not forever, right? It's very reassuring. And that can be very, um, propulsive, very fueling. Um, you know, the this first deccan being associated with like the eight of wands. This first deccan being um, you know, Austin names it the poisoned arrow, right? Mm-hmm. And oh I actually while we're here, I wanted to show yeah. this is the the eight of fire from the oh, Rosebud nice. Tarot deck, <laughs> oh, nice. which is the tarot deck. I wrote the guidebook for this. It was designed oh. by my friend Amanda. Let's can we can cool. we focus here? There we go. <laughs> Chariots of fire. It's fine. Um, But yeah, it's like that propulsive force is fueled by the like, whatever it is, I'm going to get through it.
0: Right, right. You know, that makes me think about Jupiter as, you know, transitory in relationship to it ruling two mutable signs Mm -hmm. that are between seasons, you Mm -hmm. know, and this transitionary period. And if we even think about it in relationship to the Thema Mundi, Caden houses, right? like Uh the the ninth yeah. house and the sixth house. So like this movement, this, uh, I always, f- there's an anticipatory energy, uh, for it, for me, because it's the pre, um, pre solstice energy mm-hmm. right? and equinox pre equinox energy for, for Pisces and, and Sagittarius. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, that's, that's kind of shifted my viewpoint of it. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of, of, in your story you know kind of a, f- a faith right of saying mm-hmm. you know i'm just uh, things will be okay i just need to let go yeah. and let universe and and there'll be some greater benefic there to catch me right
1: yeah exactly it's kind of uh candide-esque mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like all is for the best of this best of all possible worlds yeah. um that's taking it maybe a little too an extreme um and also there's something about holding that perspective. Um, especially if you can hold that perspective alongside being able to be actually present with whatever might be going on, right? To be able to be inside of the hardship, even if there is belief that like, it'll be okay. Yeah. Right. It might not be okay at the smallest scale. It might not be okay at the like personal heartbreak scale or whatever, but like on some larger scale, it's all right. And that just, yeah, that deep breath of just like on some scale, this is okay. And it's just like, this is the bodywork component of astrology, where it's just like the tension that comes around a fear or a worry. And it's just like Jupiter gets in there and it's like, hey, man, it's okay. Just put some butter on those traps. It's cool.
0: (laughs) Which is a welcome respite after like some of the challenges in Scorpio season, which is a very, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes combative, sometimes mournful. Mm-hmm. Gr- grief uh induced like symbol and sign and so it's kind of like oh okay we went through the the dark night of the soul and maybe there's a little you know you know dawn or or light on the horizon potentially yeah. we can we can see the return of the light maybe in the distance yeah. I, I wanted to read you something that I, one of my favorite authors i don't know if you're hip to liz green but liz green is oh.
2: <laughs>
0: yes I, I love liz green yeah. this is actually from uh, a tarot book mythic astrology this is i love that cover isn't that cool i love the green and the gold so this is the guidebook for her mythic tarot and -hmm. she has a a thing about sagittarius in here it says the centaur carrying his bow and arrow pauses on the road to view the next stopping place on his journey while the rising sun illuminates the winter landscape and promises new hopes and possibilities with the coming of a new day only the skeletal shapes of trees can be seen in this landscape or it is the underlying laws of life which Sagittarius seeks, rather Mm. than the seductive diversity of its surface. Although Mm -hmm. a creature of forest and cave, the centaur nevertheless moves towards the center of human habitation, for the sharing of his knowledge with others is a necessary dimension of his endless journey. Mm.
1: I really like
0: that that naked tree kind of metaphor Mm -hmm. with this. And that, that really resonated when I was reading her material when I was doing research for the the Deccans of Sagittarius, just the, the the long range vision, and this is true in the Midwest because the you know you can see all the leaves falling from the trees is you know being able to 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 release all of the superficial trappings of things and say, mm-hmm. How do we get to the skeletal core? Um, mm-hmm. and also how do we get to the return of the light at the winter solstice, mm-hmm. right? The like the, the return.
1: Yeah, it's so. There's a million different things coming up, but two things in particular that I think I want to say. One is um, like I'm reminded of thinking about mycelial networks. I think about mycelial networks a lot, and I think about mycelial networks as um, like the their communicative function or mercurial is mercurial, but the unitive function, the way that they solidify ecosystems that's Jupiterian. Mm-hmm. And whenever you see those skeletal trees, it's like the, the the beautiful mapping out, right? It's like, you're not looking at specific interste- intersections of branches as they're splitting. You're looking at the whole tree. That's mm-hmm. the Jupiterian, right? And then when you have like a whole forest of those trees, like the layering, like visual layering and like, you're literally, you're seeing the trees and the forest simultaneously. That's, that's that Jupiter, Jupiter experience. Um, and I think I just lost the other thing that I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it went away. It might no, come back. <laughs> no, these, these are,
0: this, I love these uh, mind myceliums we're going mm-hmm. towards and we're connecting because Jupiter uh, slash Zeus, I don't know what to call him. I I, I prefer calling him the Greek name sometimes yeah. than the Roman one for some reason, but I, th- I feel like that simple mm. deity however we want to interact with it is you know from the the story the stories the myths is an order bringer you know it's mm-hmm. not just expansion it's it's a peacemaker you know it's mm-hmm. that is like unifying cohering cohering there you go bringing mm-hmm. things together begetting form right mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. something that is not talked about enough with with Jupiter's is how it is a lawmaker, peacemaker, bridge
1: builder, re- repairer. Also, like yeah. reparation is Jupiterian, right? To repair that which has been broken in some way. So, to like the, yeah. my 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 thing came up came back, <laughs> and then I want to talk about Zeus specifically, yeah, like yeah. as a word. Um, But the thing that I was recalling is, you know, thinking about um, Sagittarius as the the dark dip before the winter solstice, Mm -hmm. right? So we're going down and down and down. And there's something about like hitting the bottom and starting to come back up, right? This is why Capricorn is a little bit depressy, right? Where it's just like, oh no, there is something to do. And also I'm so tired, (laughs) (laughs) right? But Sagittarius is like, like, there's a certain point at like going downwards where you're like, you get, curious about where you are right so instead of just being like wow I'm sinking and I would like to be above ground it's like wow I'm sinking and it's different down here
2: Mm. I can
1: see things from down here that I can't see from other other places um and it's not even just like a down it's like like I'm thinking about how um whenever like the leaves are gone or whenever the harvest has been taken in you can see the terrain differently Mm. Right. You can see the paths. Right. That revelation, which may or may not be what you want, but certainly gives you additional information that can assist with creating that wider picture.
2: Mm-hmm. I love
1: that. Um, and then the Zeus thing. Right. Yeah. So in Carl Carigny's um archetypal images of greek religion um the zeus and Hera one (laughs) i've got that over here it's it's good i just i love how he talks about like the the origin of the word zeus right where it's like Mm -hmm. zeus is not so much a person as a moment right Mm -hmm. like that flash of like the lightning flash that means you can't unsee it imprints itself on your retina um you know in the mythology of like the birth of dionysus and his mother semele where it's just like Semele dies because she insists on seeing Zeus in all of his godhood, right? And it's like to actually be that close to lightning as it strikes incinerates. But when you have sufficient distance with Jupiter, there is this sort of like above sensation, right? This distanced sensation. When you have that perspective, the flash of insight might still utterly change your life, but it is also that which confers a different meaning to your life. And it, you know, if we're talking about Sag one, it's like, it's a propulsive meaning. Mm. It's a motivating meaning.
0: Well, and you can also sew yourself into uh, Zeus's thigh if you want some protection. Just get get cozy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, Carl Carina, I've got like a whole set of his books. he's, He's an author that I think that people don't read enough. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's a little bit dense material, but but man, r- really great um, engagement with mm-hmm. myth in a very intelligent way. Yeah. Um, let's see. I love this already. I love this talk. I love being able to talk Zeus. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, I, you know, it, so here's what, here's my next thought, Diana. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that unifying factor in, mm-hmm. in Sagittarius, you know, because we do have a traditional symbol of a centaur and the unification of, of the horse and the human halves. Um, how do you see those two halves coming together, unifying? And maybe to, uh, contrast that a little bit with the, the, some of the splitting of attention that we might see in, in Gemini, potentially.
1: hmm Yeah. Um, oh, this is interesting. So one of the things I think about when it comes to centaurs and like, like chimeric beings of some kind, right. It's like, there's like Sagittarius and Capricorn are the only chimeras in the Zodiac. Right. So there's something specifically mystical about that, those two signs separately and also together. Um, Every other like sign that has a multiplicity. It's like, it's like the scales of Libra. Like that's, they're the same thing, right? The twins of Gemini, it's like, they're two separate beings. The, the water bearer and the water vessel of Aquarius, like those are two separate beings, but, um, the unification of beings as sort of a complicator of the concept of separation. Hmm right? Like Sagittarius reminds us that we are animals, Mm. right? And that there is something instinctual about the human animal to pursue knowledge and meaning, right? Pursuing knowledge and meaning is not separate from human instinct. It's one way to understand like human occupation of niche within the wider biome that is earth. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's one thing that I think about um, with the human human horse balance in the centaur. Um, I also feel like there's something about how genuine power, excuse me, genuine power and strength, because like horses... Horses don't fuck around, Mm-mm. right? Like they are—they are muscle. <laughs> yeah. They are muscles with hooves. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you right? don't want to—you don't want to not be present around a horse
2: because you can get hurt.
1: <laughs> you could really get hurt, right? Yeah. And and also, there's something about like human history's relationship with the horse. um You know, thinking about like Scythian warriors or Mongol warriors or Amazonian warriors, right? Like on horseback, just this, the, oh, there's this incredible book series by Manda Scott mm-hmm. um, on the Boudicca, right? So it's set at the time period that the Boudicca was leading armies against Roman conquest. And um, the historical idea, and that's also present in this book series, is that the Boudicca was part of the Iceni tribes, which were horse breeders, right? And they had deep relationships with their horses, right? Like whenever a horse rider, like this is total horse girl shit, right? Like whenever whenever a rider has a genuine relationship with their horse to the point where they can ride that horse bareback, hands-free, and the Mm -hmm. horse, like the horse mind and the rider mind are unified, Mm -hmm. right? And that creates terrifying terrifying (laughs) (laughs) warriors right because you have the intelligence and the strategy and the meaning making whatever of the human blending with the already immense intelligence and then physical power of the horse yeah right so i i I, love i I love no no this is great
0: (laughs) I, i love that sagittarius is just erupting on our screen here today. Like I feel, you know what I feel my role is here today? I've got a little match. And like Diana, I'm just like, like, which I love it. I love it yeah. because, you know, it, there's just so much passion and fire in this Deccan and this sign mm-hmm. that yeah. the enthusiasm is contagious. Mm-hmm. I think especially with that Deccan, infectious enthusiasm is something yes. that I really resonate with in this in. Um,
1: Ooh infectious enthusiasm because yeah, that brings up ahead. the fact that the arrow is poisoned right right And it's a dissemination of a poison. Um, and then this one of the spirits associated with this Deccan is a spirit of plague <laughs> Loimos. right Loimos. And so it's just like yeah. what does it mean to spread
0: right? Yeah, like and spread
1: it, it like wildfires, wildfires are Sagittarian.
0: And it can be enthusiasm, but it all can also be propaganda or like yeah. ideas that can be toxic yeah. too. So like, yes. think about what what are you becoming enthusiastic about? Right? Mm-hmm. How can you, you know, we can spread, you know, we can spread damaging things as well as mm-hmm. things that are healing as well. So something yeah. to keep in mind within this season and this new moon. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to I'm going to throw another match at you.
2: Diana. Okay, on, um, I'm ready.
0: I'm not, so I'm really fascinated by the story of specific centaurs. There's a few that are associated with Sagittarius. There's a mm-hmm. there's the wild cr- Crotus, I believe, is mm-hmm. one of them, and then uh, the the uh, Chiron, the healer, um, is interesting to me, especially because there's Liz Green likes to explore Chiron as someone who sustained a wound and an unhealable wound,
2: mm-hmm.
0: be, and because of his immortality, but then had to retreat to his cave. To kind of philosophize, to find meaning, to to heal, and I feel like that's another hidden meaning in Sagittarius is that maybe even that retreat to mm-hmm. into the cave for for healing. Can you speak on that a little bit more potentially? Yeah.
1: Well, as a twelfth house, Sun Moon and sag, <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> the retreating into the cave is uh, highly favorable. Definitely recommend, especially doing it on purpose rather than in reaction. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So this is interesting because it's like with. Like Chiron is a standout centaur in Greek mythology because generally speaking, the centaurs were so propelled by the animal part of their natures that they did not develop mm. the more higher mind, like human parts. Like the, the the civilized, like can actually hang out with human people, parts of themselves. Um, and, you know, there's something there about stunted growth, right? Like, um, there's this, uh, I don't know how legitimate it is, but this idea that you kind of remain the emotional age of your first significant trauma until you yeah. actually turn and face it. And um, you know, as a moderately straight woman who's dated lots of men, like, you know, that reality of um, and it's I won't say it's just a gendered thing. In my experience, I've experienced it in a gendered way, but that doesn't mean it is default gendered. Of um, like the resistance to enter into emotional maturity and to just remain inside the like playing with toys, um, but in a grown up body (laughs) thing, (laughs) you know? So there's, there's something there with like the, like not quite making it above the waistline, just like staying Mm. inside of the animal body. Whereas with Chiron, Chiron was, was not raised by centaurs chiron was adopted essentially by apollo and artemis the golden children of olympus Mm -hmm. and were was therefore like immediately brought up into not just the higher humanoid mind but like into demigodery, Mm -hmm. right and so there's something about what happens when you have the strength of the animal body and the strength of the animal instinct and the attunement of the animal body, but you actually connect that to the beyond in some significant way. You become a teacher of heroes. You Mm -hmm. become the world's greatest healer. Right. Like so much of Chiron's um, discussion in astrology is really focused on the last bit of his life, you know, where he gets exposed to hydro poison and he's in pain and he doesn't like it. And he's like, OK, fine. I will, you know, sacrifice my immortality for the sake of Prometheus because Prometheus was right. <laughs> right. Right. right? Um,
0: Switched places with him.
1: Exactly. You know, so like instead it's like he was like, let me die, please. Please, please. And <laughs> Zeus was like, No, you're gonna be a constellation instead. You're gonna sure. be really close to Sagittarius the constellation, but you're gonna be your own thing, right? right? Um so the like I really love talking with clients, for example, when I'm talking about Chiron, if it's shiny and sparkly in their charts. Um, talking about Chiron's roles prior to wound prior to the explicit wounding at the end but also tying in the wounding of basically being abandoned by his parents right Mm -hmm. of being an adoptee right which being an an adoptee is like not like even if you have the best adoptive parents there is some fundamental break Mm -hmm. when you are not with your biological parents right
0: oh and there's a there's a narrative in the back of your mind of like why did they why did they right like was
1: me? i not was i not good enough like no. i was discardable i was you know like that just is a thing and so it's like that is maybe a more crucial Chiron wound to discuss mm. versus the hydra wound yeah right with the hydra wound it was that like i know everything there is to know about medicine and antidotes and i can't heal myself mm. right having to come face to face with inevitability which is another human lesson like mortality is inevitable yeah. And, you know, I don't know about the, like, death death psychology of non-human animals, really, but it's a huge deal in the human animal. Oh, yeah. So.
0: Well, we, we spend many pages and words and gallons of ink trying to, to, <laughs> to unpack all <laughs> of that. Yeah. Um, okay. These, these are awesome thoughts, uh, Diana. I just, I'm... I'm so excited that you're here today. Like, me too. Uh,
1: I love talking s- about stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: so intelligent and enthusiastic. And it's just this knowledge is just flowing out of you in this r- really beautiful fashion today. So uh, mm. I'm really just in gratitude for and holding space for you here today. And I'm just really happy that our, our group here gets to experience your your wisdom. So <laughs> thank you.
1: You're going to make me like blush and hide under my desk. <laughs>
0: um yeah. diana some mm. somebody did have a question earlier for mm. you specifically here it's saying uh wanting you to talk briefly this is from ania Diakov, mm. uh talking maybe about a little bit about your this is a little digression but talking about your transition from tarot to astrology i'm mm. a, i've actually been kind of transitioning from astrology and learning more about tarot so i'm interested to hear how it goes mm. the circuitry yeah
1: i was just talking about this um with my friend Matthew Williams, actually, recently, um, who's like a very traditional astrologer, really into technique, like, Mm -hmm. explain like I'm five, Dodeca Tamoria, please, like, he's the one. Um, But, okay, so tarot was something that I was first exposed to when I was five, and then when I was eight, I took the money that my grandmother gave me for pulling dandelions from her yard to <laughs> Barnes and Noble <laughs> and bought myself my first tarot deck. Um, and that, it, like, I was already really, like, I started reading pretty early and was the person, like, you know, the seven-year-old with, like, the very, like, the tote bag the size of my torso at the library with books, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And tarot gave me a way to kind of create stories using those images, right? And so that was my introduction to tarot, was, like, the creation of stories more so than the interpretation of possibilities or future things like that, because, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was, like, probably asking existential questions as an eight-year-old, but, like, in an eight-year-old way (laughs) I told my dad when
0: I was 11 that I was going to write a book on philosophy when I was older he's he's like what about I'm like I don't know philosophy (laughs) yeah
1: hold on to that um if you need a book doula to help birth that thing let me know because that's been one of my favorite things to do for my pals lately oh cool yeah Um, yeah I just I'm the hype squad basically the world needs your book stop hiding it it. um so anyway um Continued to play with tarot, got more into it in high school, even more into it in college. Um, and around high school, college, that's also when I was getting into astrology. And there was something about being like going from the sort of like, unless you have a really solid cosmology within which you understand your tarot to be responding to your questions or your inquiries, like, you know, Josephine McCarthy encourages specifying who you're asking whenever you ask your deck a question Mm -hmm. um you know that kind of thing like like astrology gives a broader context that tarot does not provide tarot touches the more specific or the more local astrology gives the global right and so from this from this perspective we can almost think about like tarot is a little bit more mercurial or lunar And that, Mm -hmm. in its localness and its ability to do certain kinds of specificity, whereas astrology gives you that broader overview, as well as then getting into the specifics. And so, whenever I started um, going from like hoarding my astrology study, it was just about myself and like understanding other people, but like not talking about it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: To actually talking about it, like that was a that was something that people would point out to me. Was like you make stories or like you're able to synthesize in ways that are absolutely related to being able to synthesize tarot. Yeah. But using the language of astrology. Right. And so I feel mm-hmm. like being able like transitioning from astrology into tarot, like not like you're abandoning astrology, but incorporating tarot. Sure. Now, you know, like I think that's one thing that tarot provides is like to think tarotically, <laughs> yeah. um, it gives you a much different kind of mapping capacity and connection forging capacity. Cause it's not just like derivative houses, who is in charge of what, like that kind of thing. It's like, you know, how different are these two cards? For example, these are two cards that I pulled thinking we might look at them later. Mm, Nice. Um, These are from the pagan other worlds tarot for
0: wheel of fortune.
1: Yeah, it's the Wheel of Fortune and the Hermit. Okay, Um, perfect. You know, it's like if I pull these two cards asking about um, car repairs versus asking about uh, what to get my grandmother for her birthday, (laughs) (laughs) right? Those create really, like they're the same cards, but they create very different interpretations. And so especially, um, like I think that the way that tarot trains you to see specificity from a generality Mm
0: -hmm.
1: translates so well into astrology and vice versa.
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, specifically what's been great from my study of tarot recently is just being able to have more visual images to discuss Mm -hmm. with clients and with students and things of that nature. And Mm. just this wonderful mycelium of esoterica you know, related to the tarot and the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, and all of those mm-hmm. kind of, you can go down all sorts of rabbit holes with this. Um, yeah. But yeah, being able to make those connections, I think, is really it's really powerful, and mm-hmm. I think that it it gives people uh, something that they can apply their own myth mythological image making onto. You know, with with entrainment, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's something that's really important to me, the concept of of entrainment. And Jeffrey Cornelius was someone who really turned me on to that as far as Mm -hmm. like, hey, if you want to speak with the divine, you know, tune your brain in like a radio receiver to Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, consistent uh, channel that you want to work with. And you'll get messages through that channel. And, Mm And, you know, using the channel of the tarot has been something that's been really enriching moving forward.
1: What's really interesting, um, two things. One, tarot is imagery, like that is what makes it immediately accessible to the newbie, in a way that the language of astrology requires study first, right? Definitely, yeah. Um, and then the second thing that you were just talking about, attunement. All oh, right, when at like the like we can attune ourselves to something, that something is also attuning itself to us. Mm -hmm. we affect it and it affects us right like I think about um so like I used to be a classical musician I played cello for years and um my favorite part of performance this is not true one of my favorite things was just like to be especially in a chamber music group so like less than 10 people Mm -hmm. um but tuning together Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where it's like yeah you can have your little like a box that's like ding, and like everybody's tuning to that yeah. sometimes you don't have that like it's lost so whoever sounds the most in tune becomes the a box and everybody is tuning to that person
0: yeah oh yeah
1: and then that allows for a collective resonance like oh it's so nice well
0: and, and you know this is something yeah i was a i was a musician myself and um i, f- I fiddled around with different like spiritual tuning uh mm-hmm. things with like like uh, being able to kind of twist uh a up mm-hmm. a few um a few hertz like and and being able to come into alignment with other people in that you're right like it's not necessarily that that one note is the only right note it's mm-hmm. the, it's the ability to come into harmony with one another mm-hmm. that creates the kind of like ah like the release and the endorphin rush and things. Yes.
1: And I think that's part of the mutability of Sagittarius where it's like Sagittarius is pursuing the experience of being alive, not from the standpoint of there is one way to do it, but how many different ways are there and what do all of those things have to say about being alive and what, if anything, is the unifying thread in all of those different ways. Right. So like one of the images that I associate with Sagittarius is the campfire, but like not Ooh. just the campfire, but like the little, like whatever you use to carry a coal from mm. one campfire to another. So you don't have to start from scratch in the middle of the winter. Okay. Right. Okay. And yeah. a container, like there's a container component to it, but it's, it's more about bringing the fire around which travelers commune. Hmm. That, feel, that sharing of stories
0: i'm feeling uh some hestia vibes with uh,
1: mm-hmm. you know like yeah the keeper
0: of the flame right
1: mm-hmm. the yeah absolutely of a flame Excellent. yeah yeah um okay. yeah, go ahead. but it's like the what's the what's the mundane version of the sacred flame it's the hearth and especially the hearth in like a tavern or the mm-hmm. hearth of like you know of there's always a good spot for a campfire here and the previous campfire tenders leave you a pile of dry wood in a protected spot, Mm. like that kind of thing. I like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm taking a look at my notes here, seeing where we've covered.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Where are we? (laughs) (laughs) we (laughs) We've been like all over the map. (laughs) No, it's great.
0: We're just letting the spirit, you know, move us wherever it wants to go. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about Sagittarius is that you know, again, after the composting and the releasing of old forms that might not bring us vitality in Scorpio season, you know, we have this liberated spirit in the first decade that's like, what's next? Where do we need to go? And and if we touch on Loimos once once more, Austin really talks about um, the vehicle for the liberated spiritual fire and liberated enthusiasm, but also the warning that you can become a, a, a parasitic host for others' visions if you... Don't have your own goal that you're aiming for. Has has this been true for you in the past?
1: Um has it been true for me in the past? Maybe a little bit, but I feel like I've been somewhat shielded by like not only do I have Uranus on the Ascendant, but I have Saturn in Capricorn. Yeah. And so there's a certain kind oh. of self, self-containment that's a participating factor, but I've absolutely observed it in other people and I've observed myself get close to it. Right. Um, So it's kind of like, I've never been blackout drunk because I stop, like my system stops me before that can happen. And it's too late for me to try them in my thirties, like (laughs) damage, damage is not worth it. Um, (laughs) But I think there's, there's something similar to that of like the desire to be like, inebriated by someone else's vision because Mm -hmm. there is something, you know, it's like Jupiter is charismatic Jupiter's in Pisces co-present with Neptune right now. And I'm just like looking at one, all of the different cult documentaries that have come out recently and like looking at my watch being like, okay, so when's the next big expose going (laughs) to happen? (laughs) Because like enthusiasm and that like bright fire of touching God, Mm
2: -hmm. touching
1: truth, like it is so appealing. It is so like, Mm, yummy, I want that. Um, you know, it's like in the past like what is it It's 2022 now so it's been like in the past 70 years or so, like there's been such a significant reduction in at least Americans going to church mm-hmm. and having a sensation of coherent spiritual like structure right And humans have an inherent desire, for the religious experience Hmm. and so when you don't have a coherent structure for that religious experience and you don't have training and discernment and you don't have saturn cutting things off for you (laughs) protecting you like it is so easy to get pulled in to that
0: Were, were you raised in any specific spiritual tradition
1: I was baptized Lutheran as a kid and of my own volition in like junior high and high school, I went to like a youth church and like a Baptist church for a while mm. because I did have that hunger yeah. and I was not fed in those places. <laughs> yeah. Like what I was seeking wasn't present in those places, um, at least not for me. You know, I've been... Uh, I've so-
0: I've been discussing this kind, this specific issue, with a friend of mine who's mm-hmm. been kind of searching for uh, the next spiritual community. And mm-hmm. as a house son, my my <laughs> my thought was, why do you need one? <laughs> you know, like why why do you don't need, you
1: I, know how to DIY? You know, like,
0: you know people and I, while right, praying,
1: other well, people while praying, like okay. Well, and I,
0: you know, I was thinking about it. There's this documentary uh, that about John Lennon. Uh, Where where he was talking about how he, you know, was writing the song God, where he was like, mm. God is concept by which we measure our pain. And then he goes through a list of things that he's like, gotten involved in, and then systematically dismantled and Mm. lifted the veil behind. And at the end of the day, he's like, you know, I believe in me, Yoko and me and, and my friend uh was like, Well, he's there, he's rising. I was like, Well, okay. <laughs> so, um But I but I found that kind of interesting because I wasn't I was not baptized, you know. My I have on one side of my family I have uh Mennonite deacons in ancestry. Mm. And I have That's letters. Cool. I have letters from like the 1700s where they're like writing about, you know, pretty liberal, they're pretty liberal ideas about inclusion, which I thought was Uh very cool. On the other side of my family, my, my very Gemini mom was like, I'm not going to have him baptized because this baby is perfect. He doesn't have original sin. I'm not even going to, you know, it's like, Uh okay, this is how you create a Leo rising is like,
1: oh <laughs> you're inherently no, perfect like, already yeah no, changes, then, no edits
0: <laughs> as a 12th house cancer son um there's a lot of humbling that comes <laughs> through life <laughs> that i've had to come to terms with and and boy boy howdy uh the universe was like oh you have an ego here <laughs> sledgehammer <laughs> you know, like so um yes but but i do think it's very fascinating to see uh how certain people that are were raised in different ways or different experiences and how they seek out connection with the divine
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, what they need to feel complete and and i have yeah. honestly, I have no problem with people that that need a communal group to experience yeah. that I think that's beautiful,
1: mm-hmm. and I also
0: think it's beautiful to be able to have a solitary relationship with the divine as well so mm-hmm. um yeah what have you have you how have you um Reconcile that that solitude versus the need for community, I guess would be a question I have for you.
1: Oh man, that is such a big question. Um I mean, I think one thing that was really, 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 really important as part of my own spiritual path um was the moment of recognition of like the reality of spirits. So the reality of ancestors mm-hmm. and the reality of like kind of other accompanying spirits cuz like spirits are everywhere in everything like all over the place all of the time. And some of them are much more interested in humans and humankind than others. And some of the ones that are interested in humankind um are active participants mm-hmm. in humanity and human beingness. And so I have a distinct memory of um like, I already had, like, an altar practice and a prayer practice, but it, like, was more of a, like, a searching, a reaching sort of thing, and um, at one point, I was in the depths of, like, a terrible heartbreak Hmm. um and at my altar and it was just like
0: which always brings us closer to the divine by the way
1: (laughs) the the broken heart like that's what this lets the divine in right um like you have to break something (laughs) Mm -hmm. um this is why spiritual awakenings are not something that you uh, should pursue lightly um so in any case like in that moment there was sort of this like uh one of those ineffable moments that's like really impossible to put into words but that sensation of being like capital h held um and capital h accompanied Hmm. or capital a because i know what letters are right um (laughs) i graduated kindergarten i promise um where's your mercury again <laughs> in Sagittarius <laughs> under the beams um <laughs> I've got uh, 12,000
0: mercury too so no, yeah. <laughs> no shame here.
1: Like, like how do I language this ineffable it's, it's, spirit the, the, experience yeah. the words
0: have to go through for me it's in cancer they have to go through like 10 feet of water to make it to the uh-huh. surface yeah, yeah, it's like trying
1: to describe a dream and you're just yeah. like, it had to do with Taco Bell and it was so meaningful <laughs> and people are like, Taco Bell? Um, Anyway, so like that, that specific moment. One small was, diversion, yeah. I have
0: to stop you for uh-huh. a second. I had the best burrito, speaking of Taco <laughs> Bell, I talked about this on the channel. I had the best burrito I've ever had in my life, like when Venus was Kazemi. <laughs> oh my God, I imagine. <laughs> and I wasted my Venus Kazemi in Libra moment at Taco Bell. <laughs> but, but like Venus... Venus totally was there that day, like with all of oh, it like, was...
1: I mean, you have to you have to get into the full presence. You want to know what I I did on the Venus Casimi <laughs> since we we're diverted? Yeah. I got this tattoo. Oh, which there you is go. like really dry right now because okay. it's still healing. Nice. But, Very yeah. cool. Um anyway, yeah. So those religious moments though, those religious, like spiritual moments of like really being held, right? Like that, if we're talking about spiritual community. Right, like for me, my most present spiritual community is not human. Yeah. And like, I have a lot of hesitancy to engage too much with actual human community, like in presence, right? I've done a tiny amount of collaborative stuff with people. It's been very beautiful. But there's something about like, um, I think it's... It's kind of a form of energetic hygiene for me mm. of um, being extraordinarily cautious with that kind. Like, to me, it's extraordinarily intimate mm. to be in that kind of space or situation um, like well, non- Diana, I wanna, I wanna not to who you. is there. So, Didn't, yeah.
0: Did you and I meet at UAC 2018?
1: It's possible. Were, were you there? I was there. I that was like, my first astrology conference. Yeah, too. me
0: too. Me too. So yeah. I feel like we had an interaction of some sort. Like, Probably. I, yeah. That yeah. was such an overwhelming experience. Speaking of mm-hmm. like community, that was like, like put your 12th house yeah. suns and just like
1: blast them. Like with- 1,400 astrologers, <laughs> yeah, right. like some of whom are very good at energetic hygiene, some of whom are leaking all <laughs> over the place.
0: It was intense. That was one of the most intense experiences of my life. So, if we didn't have like a super intimate moment, it's probably because we were both like,
2: "Eh, Yeah, I was (laughs) like, like,
1: so uh, one of my best friends I met in the Aya suite. Yeah. under a table <laughs> like I was under a table and they also came under the table and I was yeah. like oh you're a table person too <laughs> well I was hiding I will, hiding in the I will say
0: you yeah. had my rising sign sort of took over and I was trying to be like I'm a Leo rising boo, 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 boo. every yeah. you're wonderful we're all great this is wonderful yeah. but inside I was like ah.
1: that's that's the survival <laughs> mechanism and the yeah. coping strategy like yeah part of the rising sign like coming yeah. out hardcore like i'm sure there were people that i met at, at uac who thought i was a bitch like that capricorn rising, <laughs> just like
0: sure well yeah. this is something i've noticed with my partner too she's a capricorn mm-hmm. rising and when you first meet her she's she is she's not a bitch but she's very collected and formal mm-hmm. and then yeah. you get to know her and she's just like like light in the match like you, yeah. you know yeah i i feel like uh We've created a safe space and a comfortable space for you today because you're opening up just like my partner does when uh-huh. when they're like, hey, I'm yeah. excited, you know? So
1: It's like you open that can of worms and if you actually want worm juice all over you, let's go. <laughs> go.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we have a few comments and questions here. Uh, Rachel says, this channel is sponsored by Taco Bell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Send us gift cards. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. Crunchwrap Supreme. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, I'll tell you. Just, just one more thing. The, the burrito uh, I had was the double stuffed steak, grilled cheese burrito with like grilled cheese all over it, and like uh-huh. it was so good. Sorry. Okay. I'm but, I'm
1: sorry. You're you you have a cancer <laughs> sign and you like cheese. Uh, oh, and a Taurus moon. I,
0: I have a Taurus moon. That was the other question. ask me is where my where my moon is. My moon is in Taurus <laughs> on the mid yeah. I will also say that I don't actually digest dairy that well though for some reason. So
1: okay. So digesting it and yeah. thinking it's delicious are two separate concerns
0: okay. okay i have i do have a virgo stellium so vir, the virgo stellium is like oh you're not gonna be able to digest half the stuff that is delicious to you <laughs> all right
1: so hashtag suffering diana yes
0: diana where should, should we,
1: we actually talk about the moon <laughs> do you
0: want to pull the chart up i'm gonna pull the chart up here what right. do you say
1: yeah sounds great
0: no this has been a great talk and and i think that people on this channel are super used to um, my Venus and Gemini digressions in all sorts of oh, different directions. Love it. So they're they're here for it. Um, but let's yes, let's talk a little bit some specifics with this new moon in Sagittarius, and and you know we've had some really great philosophical discussions today. So I, there, no no shame in going down all of these rabbit holes. This is this is amazing. Okay. Um, so we're looking at the new moon in Sagittarius. One, uh, this is happening at 5:57 p.m. Eastern time, which would be 2:37. 257. 2, 257 Pacific time. I'm <laughs> um, making doing all the machinations. Uh, do the proper adjustments for your time zone. Um, <clears throat> November 23rd, 2022, which is a Wednesday. And it is the day before uh, Thanksgiving in America. So <laughs> we'll be starting off a new cycle of hopefully celebration and gratitude. Uh, I'm noticing a few things here. T- tell me first before I, we dive in. Give me some of your big picture things that you're noticing about the chart itself of the new moon.
1: Yeah, I mean, so one of the things that um, immediately comes up is that there's a simultaneous Venus Mercury conjunction, mm-hmm. also in Sagittarius, and technically with an orb to be conjoined to that moon. If we're giving the moon a juicy 13 degree orb, um, and so that brings in those uh, the influences of both Venus and Mercury into that moon. Um, you know, it's like, we've been having a really chatty and like delightful conversation. And so like thinking about chatty, delightful conversations, um, potentially being the seeds, like seeding things, Mm -hmm. like that's something I'm really thinking about uh, with this particular lunation. Um, You know, the other thing that I think is interesting is like, it's happening super early in Sagittarius. And so it doesn't really, it's not really getting messed with by anybody else in the chart in a direct fashion yeah right it's in um you know a relatively wide trine with chiron it's Mm -hmm. in a very wide opposition with mars it's in on a wide very wide square with uh neptune jupiter it's in on a wide sextile with saturn like it's kind of um you know, and I believe it's also out of bounds, right? Isn't well, the moon out of yeah, bounds? Yeah, there's
0: there's some out of boundsness in here. Yeah, sure.
1: so I there want, is. I want yeah, to ask sorry, you though
0: ahead. before before yeah. we move on from that, what do you think about the the Jupiter relationship with with the the new moon? And because I was getting a little bit confused when I was looking at this, because there's a whole sign square, mm-hmm.
1: but there's
0: potentially an aspectual trine. Now,
1: yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If we're if we're doing like the archetypal astrologers do and don't pay attention to sign boundaries, that's a trine. That's mm-hmm. very much just like totally in orb a trine. And so yeah. there is something about, you know, all of the things that have been in Scorpio and that have now moved into Sagittarius, they did that on the heels of a trine to Jupiter, right? right? They're like, wow, Scorpio, it's so dark and terrible. And then Jupiter's like, hey, I got you a cookie. And then they move into Sag. Yeah.
2: Right. It's really for it. nice. It's really nice.
1: So that this this new moon is really bringing bringing to bear, I guess, some of the fruits, maybe not the fruits, the consequences of that Scorpio experience, right? It's like the moon moving into Scorpio is the last thing moving out of Scorpio into Sag mm-hmm. at you know as the tail end of that of this past Scorpio season. That also means the tail end of this eclipse season, yeah. like whatever has been con Marie, like i think about the south node as the cosmic con marie being like you don't okay. need that that doesn't spark joy we're getting rid of this now i know you're attached mm-hmm. to it but it's ruining your life say goodbye right like uh, this tail end of the scorpio season getting that boost from jupiter hmm. like now that your closet is clean what are you really excited to create what yeah. are you really excited to seed in your life um You know, the fact that Venus is right here and that Venus Kazemi, which like started in Libra and ended in Scorpio. There's also something there of like what actually is possible conceptually, Mm -hmm. having had that experience begin in Libra and then kind of bring up those like echoes of, you know, literally a couple, like a hundred years or so, over a hundred years of um, Kazimis and Scorpio. Yeah. So, like, all of us here on this call have never in our lives experienced a Venus, Kazimian Libra until the one that just happened.
0: I'm here for it,
2: man. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, it. oh,
1: that felt so good. Yeah. And like, oh, I still have stuff to take care of. Then mm. Venus goes past the South Node, and now Venus is participating in this new moon.
0: Venus, Venus said, "Burrito time, baby!" Burrito Venus
1: time. said, "Burrito time," <laughs> like now we got to figure out how to make the like dairy-free, gluten-free version <sighs> that is just as delicious Hallelujah. to scratch the itch. Hallelujah. You know. Um. And well, like, I'm, gonna stop, I'm gonna stop you right there yeah. because
0: I, I I'm excited about all of these planets being hosted by a domiciled mm-hmm. s- the newly direct jupiter and pisces on this day right because jupiter is going to be stationing direct as our friend remco is helping us to remember here Mm -hmm. because you know we've had all the scorpio planets hosted by mars retrograde in gemini Mm -hmm. which is which is you know spicy spicy yeah definitely and (laughs) and we are going to be seeing all these planets you know move into oppositions with that planet which is also probably going to be a, a challenge but um I, yeah, I, I I wanted to say, ba- you know, piggybacking off of the Taco Bell type of thing. Uh-huh. <clears throat> part of the thing that happened to me in the last set of eclipses, which were angular for me over the fourth and the 10th house, right on my natal moon. Okay, I had an eclipse right on my natal moon. I've been anticipating some changes here that haven't necessarily come to pass yet. But what has come to pass is I was having some challenges with my body. Like probably mm-hmm. from eating too much Taco Bell and sitting too much, <laughs> like some pain. And mm-hmm. what I've had to do is I've, uh, in, since eclipse season, I've cl- completely been scrubbing my diet. I've actually stopped eating a lot of cheese and, and gluten mm-hmm. and those things and starting to rebuild my gut flora uh, mm-hmm. with, with fermented foods and, and much more healthy stuff. And I've been moving my body. I've just mm-hmm. been doing a lot more movement exercises. And I have a feeling, that some of the fruits of that effort, I might start to feel that moving into Sagittarius season. Do you see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Where yeah. you, you rid yourself of the things that weren't serving you, and now you know that that liberated spirit's like, whoa! I, I feel yeah. amazing. What do we do now? You know?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Like the um, the results that encourage continuance. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, given the fact that this is in the first decade and it is in a bi-sign op- opposition to Mars, there's absolutely a risk of overdoing it, <laughs> right? Like I did so, that this morning. Like, like, I've been doing um, kettlebell workouts lately, yeah. and I haven't done any for, like, about a week because in my yeah. last one, I don't know how I did it, but I somehow, like pinched the hip flexors on both Mm. of my both of my hips and so now I literally feel like an old lady I get out of bed and I'm like Mm. oh my hips I'll tell you
0: you and I are on the wavelength because my hips have been a problem (laughs) and I I I like I I feel like I flash danced down into frog pose today (laughs) (laughs) Like like I've been doing this gentle yoga stuff where like I've been trying to stretch. I <laughs> Just this morning, I was just like, whoa, I'm going to go into frog pose without even like doing it slowly or mindfully. And I yeah. totally. And pulled.
1: now your adductors are like, bitch, yeah, what did you do? It was do? like,
0: what is your, what is wrong with you? You cannot move like that without yeah. being mindful.
1: And, and, so know. this actually brings up something yeah. that I think is really important for thinking about Jupiter, which is Jupiter wants to increase stability and mobility. Yeah. And yeah. increasing stability and mobility, does it, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I used to be a clinical body worker and I mm-hmm. used to do a lot of like circus training and stuff like that. Um, and increasing mobility isn't about how much slack do you have in your tissues? Mm-hmm. It's kind of about that, but it's not like the real thing that it's about is does your body trust that it can be strong in mm-hmm. those positions? right right. is it is your body resilient enough to experience whatever you're asking it to do Oh,
2: yeah. right I'm,
1: and I'm... so there's something about like you know the like coming out of a trine from scorpio but into a by sign square that's kind of like okay you rid yourself of those things but are you going to now move too fast don't move too fast oh that was too fast
0: oh yeah I have been. <laughs> like, so maybe I think that the, our practical advice that we could p- give people is probably first just to slow down a little bit, potentially.
1: Sextile with Saturn. Saturn yeah. is your friend here. Slow down,
0: you know, yeah. like, because th- that's literally the, the the name of this decan is the Lord of Swiftness,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and you might want to just be like, hit the ground running. And mm. one of the other cards that I associate with Sagittarius is the temperance card right
1: mm-hmm. yeah and
0: we have to find the right blend I actually pulled the temperance card today reversed like I didn't have the right blend or some, the right mix mm-hmm. or something and I needed to I've, I've been thinking about that How do I really have the right alchemy right mm-hmm. so part of the Sagittarian journey I think also could be how can you find the right elements for that stability that four-footed you know mm-hmm. hoofed animal So that you're not off balance as you experientially try to move forward and, and, you know, create movement within your life through experience.
1: Right. I mean, running is balancing on one foot over and over and over and over and over and over again at speed. Nice. Right. And so doing agility training and balance work improves your running. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Um. Aligning light astrology here. I believe that's Dr. Claire Moon. I don't know if you mm-hmm. are familiar Hi. with her work. Hi, Claire. Uh, she, she is talking about um, first of all giving you all the all the props in the world, which you deserve one hundred percent, and says that you're bringing in the aerial body knowledge. Um, and Claire Claire is another example of someone who does some of that. She she does some some pole work where she's mm-hmm. utilizing all of her balance and movement mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature. So uh bringing that into the equation as well i believe claire don't you have saturn and sagittarius ruling your son i don't know I, i'll i i know that there's a sagittarian element to that and mm-hmm. and utilizing body work and creating balance through challenging yourself too because mm-hmm. i can only imagine how challenging some of these modalities are like like doing the pole work doing the the running yeah. doing the yoga all of those mm-hmm. things can really like test you to your limits uh, and mm, I think there's another, but
1: they also generate trust. Sorry, keep going. Okay, yeah, yeah. We can come back to that.
0: Well, what I was going to say is that there's as I've gone through the decanic journey with Sagittarius, there's a testing of metal that comes mm. through the the subsequent decans, right? Yeah. Like the second decan is like, okay, you're going to be tested now. You have an idea. Now you have to unify body and and spirit to be, and sometimes overcome a nemesis, whether it's a physical nemesis or something internal within you to say oh do you really are you really going to walk your talk are you really going to embody your vision and then eventually when you get to the last decan of sagittarius there's this it's a saturn decan where you're kind of like you know being driven by a non-k to the finish line the force that compels and saying oh we gotta i i, I compare it to a horse that's barn eager where you, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to get the last few yep, miles
1: or the, the dog that can't wait to get home and like lay like in bed totally
0: yeah. um so so yeah, and yeah, and Claire says yes, they do they do have Saturn and Sagittarius. So yeah, I thought so. I thought that was a connection I was making in my brain. Um, okay. So we've gone. Wait, let through- me let me say the trust oh, oh, sorry, thing though. The right, trust yeah, thing
1: in terms of like the body and doing certain kinds yeah. of training, right? Like I didn't trust, like know what it was to trust my body's wisdom mm-hmm. until the first time I was on a trapeze. Oh. Like and like a trapeze that was taller than me. I should, I should be scary. specific. <laughs> um So the first time I was on a trapeze that if I was doing a dead hang from, I wouldn't be able to touch the floor Mm -hmm. doing like just a basic trick on that. And like, like my mind made it more dangerous. I had to turn off my mind and trust that my body would do the appropriate thing. And that's another way to think about like the centaur, like the human body, animal body, is like being able to discern when your animal body is the one you should be listening to mm. versus the writer, quote unquote, like the, the, the human mind. Right. Um, the human mind in certain kinds of physical practices is an obstacle, not a friend.
0: Yes. Yes. And well, and this is pr- some of the reasons why Meditation practices help us to connect Mm -hmm. with the the somatic experience, right?
1: And that's why for some people, somatic meditation works so much better, Mm. right? So like walking meditation, running meditation, doing something with your hands, knitting can be very meditative, especially if you're doing complicated lace, (laughs) right? Um, You know, there's something about um, doing something of the body and with the body and listening to the body that actually quiets the mind and this is one way to even think about the balancing of jupiter and mercury where it's like jupiter is your haunches Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right mercury is the nervous system and sometimes moving your haunches like actually going for a run or a walk is what makes the nervous system clear enough to be translatable rather than just like all over the place.
0: I love the walking meditation. I'm not someone who could sit still very well as a as a child or even as mm-hmm. an adult. So I some of my best ideas come through through movement. Mm-hmm. And I love talking to people when I'm walking too. Like I have yeah. the most philosophical conversations when I'm out walking around my neighborhood with people. That's always yeah. the
2: best. And, and on
0: that note, we should stand up for a minute, and shake our body. Okay. We're at that point where we need to kind of shake it out a little Ugh. bit right? I'm going to shake my legs out. I've been, because one of the things that I've been trying to do on this channel is not sit. I have a lot of endurance with a Taurus moon, but I need to move my body. So this, for all of you out there listening, this is the good stretch break, right? You want to get some, some uh, movement going in your hips. And I'm doing this because I've been having some real, real challenges in my hips lately to the point where i've been in a lot of pain and i think that a lot of times when we're in a lot of pain we have to pay attention to our body.
1: Do you have good stretches for that, Spencer?
0: For hips, you know one thing i've been doing, uh i've been doing leg swings that are like arm swings. Yeah. You know like you do arm swings, but you can actually just like swing your leg back and forth too.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a dancer warm up actually. Yeah,
0: i love that. I've been i've been swinging my legs out to the side, i've been swinging my legs in circles you know just so i can just get some some blood flow and i'll do like yeah. you're talking about the nervous system sometimes i'll just shake yeah.
1: my body oh yeah that's a good one or bouncing bouncing is good too okay i think I'm yeah. i think i'm back <laughs> anyway text me later because there's a one of my yeah. favorite hip stretches yeah i can show it's it's also very jupiterian cuz it's a it's a form of a four stretch nice
0: i've so. been I'm doing a lot of yoga yoga hip yeah. stretches too with like the the twists and where you put mm-hmm. your arm around the, the knee, and I've been doing like child's pose stuff. There's there's a I, I just downloaded so the uh, the the Fit On app, and there's all sorts of really encouraging like yogis on there. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, you can do it. Oh, I know yeah. it hurts, but <laughs>
1: you know, like so. It's like what's the what's the Mister Rogers of uh, mobility? Like that's <laughs> actually uh, that's a niche that I need somebody to fill.
0: Well. You know, I, I, I'm, I think that what I'm trying to cultivate here is being the Mr. Rogers of astrology. That's kind of the vibe that I'm trying to bring here. Yeah. So if you can find me the Mr. Rogers of yoga, I'm into it, man. <laughs> okay,
1: cool, cool. I'll keep my eyes peeled. <laughs> all
0: right. Okay, so we're talking new moon in Sagittarius. We've stretched, we've gotten some water. Um, this, I'm going to take this, this little break in the moment to uh, encourage all of you to hit the like button please that helps get the message out to the most people in the algorithm if you're new here please subscribe share with your friends sign up on the newsletter support diana rose at her website dianaroseharper.com sign up for her by jove uh offering and um yeah and leave leave comments in the comment section whether you're joining us live today or after the fact i always love hearing from everybody Uh, I'm trying to keep up with the chat as much as I can today, but man, Diana and I are having just such an engaged conversation. I'm trying to be present in the moment and not split my attention in too many different directions because there's so many good uh, pathways we're going down here that um, I don't want to miss anything.
1: This is what it's like to be a natal Mercury in Sagittarius. By the <laughs> yeah, way, it's yeah. just like literally, there's one million different things that I could say, and I'm going to try to say a fraction of them, which is already is still going to be like a thousand things. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So.
0: Oh well, I I love it because I'm I just love when people are enthusiastic about things. I I have uh I have Neptune in the fifth and Sagittarius. I don't know if that is part of it, but. One of the things that bothers me more than anything is apathy. So when um, someone yeah. is fired up about something, I'm just like, oh, that's, yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's the fuel, it's the fuel, it's the, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so a couple of the things I would like to talk about, Diana. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our host, our, our good buddy, Jupiter here. Joop, Joop. Um, we have Jupiter on this day, stationing direct at 28 degrees of Pisces, co-present with neptune Mm
2: -hmm. while
0: while mars is also squaring neptune um, Mm -hmm. from its retrograde position in gemini what is big daddy zeus bringing us for this new
2: moon
1: yeah so one thing that i want to put like lob into the basket of meaning right um one of the things that um my partner actually brought up on a walk that we went on and we're talking about the Mars Neptune square was um, this concept of the fog of war. Mm. Right. And I feel like Jupiter stationing direct, that is to say, subtracting its bigifying mm. from this aspect has the potential of being quite helpful. Like I'm not a mundane astrologer, So that's a huge, important caveat, Um, but it has the potential of being quite helpful in terms of reducing the overblown or overwhelm attached to maybe certain things in the news that may or may not have to do with anything related to the potential of wars, Uh, like, you know. I don't know if anybody else had a doom spiral about World War III this week, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but-
0: We've been in that kind of holding pattern for months now, like yes, this is is kind of early 80s Cold War anxiety that we've been going through on some level.
1: Yeah, and I I absolutely see the Mars-Neptune square being a participant and Jupiter subtracting its pressure by moving direct, that is to say separating from this particular aspect, I think is helpful. And if any anyone is having a personal experience that is related to this Mars-Neptune square that could be related to the idea of the fog of war, where it's just like conflict is so present that it's hard to see straight. It's hard sure. to remember what movement what direction you're actually trying to go. Like, I don't know, you know, in my own life, like there are moments when it's like you're in a conflict and you're like, how did this even start? And why are we mad at each other? Like, and that moment of being like, hey, I love you. I don't actually want to be fighting with you. Yeah. You know, like there's something about, um, like Jupiter's presence potentially having added that capacity to be like, hey, I love you. I don't actually want to be fighting with you. But also Jupiter's receding, subtracting the, um, overwhelmed feeling of that foggy place Does mm. that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, like a cosmic timeout.
1: Like, hey, yeah. Time out. Yeah. Hey,
0: remember, we actually love each other. <laughs> you know, like,
1: yeah, exactly. Like, like actually, like, there's a reason yeah. why I say I love you and it's not because I'm lying. Right, um right. I've know, had to
0: have I've had those moments with my partner where it's like, hey, hmm. what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what is
2: what is this? Let's like, go get is, a burrito.
1: <laughs> like what's happening? What is happening? Yeah. yeah. Um so I think there's that. And then anytime I see, um, like a, a particularly active aspect between Jupiter and Mars, mm-hmm. um, you know, the spiritual warrior is a sort of key phrase that comes mm-hmm. up. Um, and Neptune's participation being like, okay, but what are you actually fighting about? Yeah. Um, yeah like my friend Gina recently published a book called Heretic. It's a memoir of leaving, um, leaving a particular variety of evangelical church in the United States and the process that goes along with that, but also addressing the history of evangelicism and its intersection with politics in the United States. And there's something about like, the weaponization of belief
2: Mm.
1: right belief which at its core is like believes that it is sincerely loving it is sincerely aligned with goodness but in its consequences creates quite a bit of harm yeah right and so there's there's something about this dynamic too especially alongside this Sagittarius new moon and like how that can have a sort of baby vegan quality <laughs> um you know and to explain what I mean when I say baby vegan like I don't just mean people who are babies who are vegan mm. um like what I mean is like the um the sort of emotional tenor of like making a lifestyle choice mm. like just entering into a new lifestyle choice from a place of righteousness and oh, that yeah. place of righteousness, Creating proselytize, yeah, the proselytization (laughs) component, right? Where it's like the baby vegan doesn't know that much yet about why people might not be able to be vegan.
0: Yeah, I was vegan from like 26 to 30 or so. Yeah, and, I was and,
1: vegan from 17 to 22. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so Yeah, so I know
0: that space. I'm thinking of yeah. like the uh what is Oh geez, the the Scott Pilgrim and the Vegan Police and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Todd yeah. the bass player, right?
1: Yeah, and it's like that sincerity that pro- yeah. that like that intensity of belief that is rooted in deeply caring. Yeah but ends up having like negative or contrary consequences I was when expressed in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Such an asshole about it.
1: But it came from this place of like, no, this is the yeah. thing that is going to help the world. <laughs> right. Well, it's going to help the and world. That's, and that's
0: the thing it, there is, there's, the motivation behind it is i I understand there is a righteous motivation behind it and i and i'm not I'm not trying to offend any vegans that we have in our audience because i I can respect that choice and mm-hmm. I think that i it, it's the same thing with with astrology when you start yes. studying traditional astrology and you're yes. just
1: this is the only thing and everyone right. else is
0: wrong and i, I everybody
1: has a trad chat face <laughs> right and, and, yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry yes it's so true um <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I had to
0: completely back off of that and return to some flexibility, to mm-hmm. some like the knowledge that the divine, if it is truly omniscient, can speak through a lot of different modalities. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of other ways to feed a body as well. Do you see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and, and that's yeah. important. That, and that's important, I think, to carry through to this new moon in particular, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where the curiosity of Sagittarius becomes really important, yeah. right? Like curiosity helps to temper righteous enthusiasm.
0: Yes. Well, and one of the things that pops up in my brain, Dan, is that, you know, this is pre-Thanksgiving. This is like mm-hmm. our Thanksgiving where where we're sitting around the table in America. It's some of us that are fortunate enough to have families and to have the abundance to be able to share because not everybody does, and I think that that should mm-hmm. be acknowledged. And, um, but when we have these getting together of family members and everyone's spouting off their <laughs> passionate <laughs> opinions, this is why we get into all these arguments at the, mm-hmm. around these family gatherings, especially around this time, because everyone's mm-hmm. so so in their feelings about what they're passionate about and their beliefs and opinions and things of that nature. Um, that it's, I guess, I, what I will say just from a practical standpoint is. If you are going to celebrate that, like try to find the things that bring you together rather than right. divide you, right? And
1: that's just... the Jupiter and Pisces. That's the unit of consciousness, right? Like we're all in the same ocean here. We're all swimming in the same water, like absorbing yeah. the same oxygen. Like right. my blood is indistinguishable indistinguishable from your blood, unless we're talking like you know micro medicine like i don't know like i don't even know what the language is like if unless we're talking like certain kinds of analysis like we basically have the same blood like yeah it's salty the ocean is in my veins and the ocean is in your veins like
0: I, i'll tell you what uh, all of the co- colonialist bullshit around thanksgiving aside that mm-hmm. absolutely should be acknowledged and isn't you know <laughs> i'm sorry i'll go off on my tangent here but if we put that aside for one second mm-hmm. it, it, I love Thanksgiving mostly because holiday. I love to eat. I I I'm a Taurus Moon. I have a partner that's like a five star Michelin chef, basically, and it's like her, like you know, coming out every year. <laughs> like, look, I get to do all this amazing stuff. So, am me, I
1: invited to Thanksgiving? It's the it's the weekend before over. my birthday. Okay. Seriously, because like <laughs> it is,
0: it, it is an event in our house, yeah. and I'm just I I look forward to it every year. It's absolutely my favorite holiday. One hundred percent because it's just the celebration of bounty, abundance, gratitude. And how can we come into alignment with that and, and mm-hmm. be able to share that with folks without it digressing or divolving into, you know, I don't know, the the darker side of Loimos, right? The the mm-hmm. the plague of propaganda, the plague of yeah. of closing off your ears rather than opening them up to hear somebody and acknowledge their personhood and, and, mm. and see what I'm saying?
1: So this is bringing me back to what yeah. um, you were bringing up earlier, which is like the issue of um, like not having enough of a core sense of self where someone else's like sparkly, shiny, Oh my God, I met God mm. um, overtakes your own discernment. Mm. Right. And I think yes. there's something here around um propagandizing or very emotional, like, even when people are like, no, it's just logic. It's emotional, like really, really intense political adherence, like intense, like, like not to principles, but to politics, right? Right. Like that is emotional, right? And so it's like, okay, that's emotional. That's them touching something that they think is really alive and vibrant. What is alive and vibrant for me? And can I keep my own little campfire going? instead mm-hmm. of pretending that I need to be inside of someone else's bonfire. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's kind of the like, let bygones be bygones. Like I, I have my own spark and you have yours and isn't that wonderful, right? Like, mm-hmm. instead of saying that your spark has to be my spark and, you know, mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. The, the thing that becomes an issue is if somebody's bonfire is torching neighborhoods, Yes. right? If somebody's bonfire is harming others,
0: Boundaries, respecting boundaries. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and boundaries, like I was actually just talking with somebody about this, of like, what are boundaries actually? Boundaries aren't walls. Boundaries mm-hmm. are your personal just dis- like delineation of if this happens, Yeah. I will respond by this, by doing this. It's not controlling another person. It's claiming your own agency and situations,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So it's like, For example, um, it won't be over Thanksgiving. It'll be over a weekend in December. I'm going to go visit my grandparents for the first time since 2019. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Um, And, you know, there are certain things where I'm just like, if this topic comes up, I am leaving the room. Yeah. It's not being like, you're not allowed to talk about this with me. It's saying, I will leave if this topic arises.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah, so so let's, let's, let's talk about that more, because I think this mm-hmm. is actually one of the things that's that's most difficult about this holiday in particular, mm-hmm. or any holiday season, is how do we navigate when people's fires are becoming bonfires, and you, you, you I, this is one great example, I'm going to leave the room,
2: right, mm-hmm.
0: and we don't want to uh, bypass or spiritually bypass or not acknowledge when our sensitivities or our just our personhood i don't i don't even know how to describe it are being violated right Mm -hmm. and so what are more things we can cultivate before we even get to that space i I think that's the question how do we prepare ourselves to be in those spaces with folks
1: i feel like this is even one thing we can consider as like what are you doing on this sag new moon like what can you do um in resonance with this energy like mm-hmm. the energy of this new moon is that identification of your own campfire. Like, what are the what are the things that are burning within you that feel really, really true? Yeah. What are the what are the sticks? You know, the logs that you don't even need to bring with you to that particular dinner table. Yeah. That you're just like, I'm leaving that I'm leaving these bundles at home. <laughs> I like that, I like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, I think there's something to, like, the anticipation of being around particular people if that's part of your. Um, Thanksgiving experience. if you if you have the capacity to preemptively like be like, okay, I'm imagining being around like Uncle Augustus, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the response in my body is this. What is that response about? And what does my body and my system need me to promise them? In preparation of being around Uncle Augustus,
2: mm.
1: right? Like I know that Uncle Augustus, historically speaking, will bring up this topic that makes me feel unsafe in these ways. Yeah. What can I promise myself I will do if that circumstances arises?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. It, I, I do think that the pre narrative, the pre the preparation. Is mm-hmm. is equally as important as how you handle yourself in the moment. Yes, you know because I, I've mm-hmm. I've had situations like this my entire life because my, you know I've I've always traditionally been far more liberal than my family and mm-hmm. like going into those situations and being like oh geez how can <laughs> navigate mm-hmm. this and being a real like a little bit of a firebrand myself like I know that yes there's a, a little bit of a Mister Rogers vibe here but I have a you know I you know everybody has a mars yeah exactly <laughs> and uh you know when that's ignited i can be pretty self-righteous about things too and I, I i have had to really really back off that with my family because you can just completely destroy a, a relationship but but one thing i've i've said that i'm willing to do because i have i had uh i had a stepdad that was a police officer and mm-hmm. he was very conservative and he, he had a lot of opinions that were very t- in in my opinion just very backwards. And uh, I would literally bring my partner of color over to his house and he would start talking about completely racist, like type mm. of stuff. And I, I the, the approach that I took with it was I'm going to have a conversation with him. I definitely, you have that line that you say, like you're saying, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to leave the room if you talk about this, but also for me, being a, a, I guess you could call it, I don't know, an ally, there is a way to uh, speak truth to power and mm-hmm. be able to, does, does that make sense what I'm trying? Yeah, to absolutely. To, right, And
1: that's, that's also really important, right? It's like, what do you need, like, if you want to engage with that? Yeah. One, it's really important. Two, what do you need to feel resourced in doing that? Right. Three, what strategies are actually going to be effective, relatively speaking, based on the circumstances as you understand them to be? Sure. Right? And like, there's only so much like planning you can do about what's going to be an effective strategy. Sometimes it's as simple as just talking about someone using their correct pronouns as though it's not a big deal.
2: Yeah. Normalizing
0: right?
1: it. Right. Just like, oh, it's super normal. It's not a big deal. Right? And sometimes it is having that conversation of like, hmm that's fucked up. Yeah. Sometimes it is like asking, asking a question that is disarming. Mm. Sometimes, you know, it's like there's sometimes it's uh, strategically leaving uh, literature mm. <laughs> lying yeah. around. Right. Um, well, you know, and, but also, like, know,
0: and also knowing someone else's limits as far as what they're able and the capacity that they have to change and learn in that moment too, because they, mm-hmm. may
1: right. Yeah. And which includes not being attached to outcome.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Because that's another thing that Sagittarius teaches us, that Jupiter teaches us, Mm -hmm. is non-attachment. It's an adventure and an experience and an opportunity to experiment. But if you're really committed to a very specific outcome, you're going to be more focused on the outcome than the interaction.
0: I love that. And, and, you know, the other thing that I brought to the to the table, literally to the table was tr- the fine alchemy let's let's talk more about that alchemy that temperance of mm-hmm. how can you have compassion for this person and their situation the, where their belief systems came from while mm-hmm. also not allowing them to harm others mm-hmm. does that make sense like right and i love that we're kind of like having a t- almost like we're having like a practice Thanksgiving Uh table here yeah no I think it's really important because this is something that's always bothered me about Thanksgiving that's always been like I just want to eat this this delicious food can we not do this this year you know (laughs) as far as like the the conflicts right yeah and I know a lot of people feel that way
1: yeah one way that I have come to understand conflict is that it's an attempt to connect Mm -hmm. but in a disconnective way, (laughs) right? It's a roundabout attempt to connect. It's an attempt to be seen and to be heard, but in an aggressive way that often, um, like depending on the situation, depending on the situation um, creates severance rather than connection, right? Um, And so to interface with conflict or disagreement or whatever as like, not as a battle, necessarily but as two people who have different um connection needs Mm -hmm. trying to get that met in the way that they are they are able to given whatever the emotional tenacity of the situation is Mm. right and so it's like to have compassion for somebody who's being really aggressive about their views it's like maybe that's how they understand um uh I don't know clan making to happen, right? right, right. To unify around uh, an aggressive position, sure. or uh, a harmful position, or to unify around separatism, in some way. And like, there's, you know, it's like, okay, that's not how I want to do it.
0: Well, I found Good luck. This, this is always <laughs> this to me has always been the beauty of astrology, and what what I've what made me gravitate towards it mm-hmm. was being able to. Understand where someone else was coming from. Compassion mm-hmm. is the, the, to me, mm-hmm. the greatest gift of seeing someone's chart, understanding yeah. where they're coming from. At the same time, while also acknowledging that understanding where someone's coming from does not give them license to be abusive, and that right. was a hard lesson for me as a young person. You know, with mm-hmm. with with permeable boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'll say about this chart, Diana, is that. That Mars in the third decan of Gemini, you know, Mm -hmm. to me, I've been warning people on this channel that, you know, folks like Austin Kopic and T. Susan Chang talk about Praxedike, who is the exactor of justice, and this Mm -hmm. decan being uh, concerned with with sometimes seeing things in very high contrast, in black and white, or in a way that is uh, creating ultimatums. Mm-hmm. And I've been warming people completely against making ultimatums with yeah. Mars retrograde and Gemini three, because you might have to walk back that statement. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's part of why I think it's so important to think in terms of personal boundaries rather than expectations and ultimatums.
2: Right. Yes. Right. Yes. To
1: say, if you do this, I'm going to leave the room is right. not the same as like, if you don't do this, we're never speaking again.
0: Right. Totally
1: right? The the energy behind those are really different. It's self-responsibility rather than control of the other.
0: I love it. I love it. So I want you to speak just a little bit more on jupiter in the third decan of pisces mm-hmm. I, I see this as a crusading decan it's a mars decan
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's it's kind of you know we've got the ten of cups here maybe you can bring in ten of cups energy with us because yeah that's the clay that we're working with in this new moon what are, what what is jupiter providing from that space
1: feelings so many <laughs> feelings yeah. right you know people have been talking about how um sorry, I'm just trying to find the, yeah. the 10 of cups from this deck too, um, have been talking about how like the experience of Jupiter and Pisces hasn't necessarily been like puppies and roses. <laughs> and <laughs> sure. It's like, well, it starts in a Saturn decan and it ends in a Mars decan. Like, um, um, and there's something about how the overflow of emotion, like, I, like, like I think about the way that salt cures, mm-hmm. right? And tears are salty. And salt as the, um, like, just like the most perpetually accessible, at least in this era where salt is not a a luxury, um, like (laughs) cleanser and protector of some kind, right? It's like, if you need to do some energetic hygiene work around your house or around your body, just go buy like a $2 thing of sea salt from Trader Joe's. Like Absolutely. that's all you need on a baseline. I mean, you don't sprinkle technically even your, need that, but like that's enough. by your door, right? Yeah. Take yeah. a, like a literally salty bath. Like yeah. you can't get to the ocean, make the ocean in your bathroom. You um, and so there's something very medicinal. So this is the 10 of cups from yeah. the Rosebud Tarot.
0: Hold on. I'm going to stop the share for a second so we can okay. see it. Okay.
1: This is the Rosebud Tarot 10 of cups.
0: Oh, Nice.
1: yeah um and you know so like thinking about like what we're working with is um how do I even put this it's like thinking about how the last decan of Pisces is also the lead-in to Aries Mm -hmm. you know it's a Mars decan going into a Mars Mars situation and there's something about um the middle decan of Pisces is like, Ooh, yes, we are all together. We are all one man. Like I don't need drugs to have this kind of interconnection, but the preparation for Aries is like, Oh shit. I don't get to stay in unit of consciousness. I don't get to stay inside of the ego death. If you remain inside of ego death, you literally die. Yeah. You can't stay there. You can't stay outside of separation. Um, so and you know then we can talk about how you know separating separation and togetherness is in its own way a duality anyway so like I think about that of just like what does it mean to be intra responsible and inter responsible intra connected and interconnected and the you know I think about this as like the um you know, the, the CEO of the new moon or whatever, or like the, the manager of the new moon and the guru of the new moon, maybe. Appropriate um, for,
0: for, for Jupiter.
1: Yeah. It's, it's that, it's that bittersweet lesson of you have to go back outside. You have to go back. You can't stay inside the ashram, mm-hmm. right? Like, um like I think also of the imagery of the fool, as like like but it's not the fool on its own it's the fool with someone encouraging it it's like the little dog at the heels of the fool Mm. as sort of the um the like um it's like uh oh god the reference please come here um
0: wizard of us
1: no close. About toto. close but no cigar you know <laughs> like, it's like if toto like maybe yeah. toto is god <laughs> <laughs> right. like the wizard of oz if toto is god Toto's like no we got to keep going on the road like yeah. yip yip <laughs> let's keep, <laughs> let's keep going um you know like the, the there's call some, to adventure right right there's that call to adventure yeah. of just like you can't you can't step in the same river twice you can't stay here Right. Like you can't stay in the Bardo. You have to go somewhere from that place.
0: You know, I, I had th- I really glad you brought up the transition from mm-hmm. Pisces to Aries, because th- I was reading about Sagittarius and, and the combination of when we have um, decans that are transitions from water to fire or from mm-hmm. fire to water. Uh, and, and we have the rainbow. Right. Mm. Which is very ephemeral. The symbol. Yeah. Yeah. That- it's beautiful and it's the mixture of fire and water right but yeah but it, it doesn't last it doesn't right? last
1: it's Don't the last. celebration it's like um yeah. you know whenever you have a big creative project and you finish it and then you're like yay and immediately afterwards you're like I have never been so sad in my life <laughs> yeah no
0: right? I I will I will say this like as Jupiter my big Jupiter moment in the last series of eclipses there were a couple i mean i I, i've gone through some some stuff we won't get into Mm -hmm. it too much here but my mom passed away this earlier Mm. this year and but i also around the same time bought my first house so Mm. like it was kind of like this like passing both
1: the the both and
0: yeah the passing of the torch and Mm. you know my experience with that was um just it was such a dream for so long uh like when you're you know in your early 40s and it's, it's harder and harder to become a homeowner these days. It's just really Mm -hmm. a late stage capitalism. It's a real bitch. And, uh, you know, there was the, like you were saying the now what like, okay, now I own this home. Oh wow. It's a big responsibility and it's really expensive. And like, we're also like, it's a duplex. So we we're responsible for the Mm -hmm. everything now for someone else as well, which is also Mm -hmm. like navigating, like uh yeah. you know, like a lot of like uh adjustment um but but the but the thing i will say about that is that the main lesson i learned from this card is the the, the dichotomy or the paradox or whatever comparative word you want to, is most appropriate between hope and and the sense of impending doom right yeah like the the elpis quality which is this the, the daimonic spirit of that decan mm-hmm. And I, I I guess that that would lead me to make a, a statement that I think that we may have wild swings of emotion during this period of time, but it, it's important to stay connected with with hope, you know, mm-hmm. even when things look their their bleakest. Because I, the next few years might be pretty tough. I mean, like going into more. I just I really. I don't like election seasons. I like elections, and I think we should have elections. <laughs> like, but election season is always like
1: they—they they get longer and longer every oh year. Oh, My goodness!
0: Two. And it's—it's it's just so much d- divisive, conflicted speech with and people arguing with one another. It's just for, for someone who has a sensitive heart, it's just like, uh, can we just not? Um, mm-hmm. But I think that having that hope and being able to find something to to lead you out of the you know impending sense of doom or mortality mm-hmm. is important especially with this new man what is it that ignites your passion right what yeah. is it that ignites your crusading energy um within reason like because mm-hmm. we've had a lot of crusaders recently that have you know the crusades have become convoluted
1: I'm re- yeah i'm reminded of um like in the witcher like the young knight who's just like, I'm going to slay the dragon and save the princess. And he is the first to die on the trek. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Exactly. You know, but yeah, there's something um, like one of the things that I think about with Jupiter is increased capacity. Mm -hmm. And that increased capacity is not only for good things right? It's also the increased capacity to navigate, which means also experiencing and feeling the less, the less sunshiny bits of life. Mm. And, you know, there's that whole thing of like, the, the greater your experiences inside of negative feeling, Mm. at least in theory, there should be an equal amount of capacity to experience positive feeling. So mm. if you want the big positive happiness, joy, celebration, you cannot avoid the sorrow and the grief. Yeah. Right. And like there, there's something, something that's been like, uh like really important for me to like really cling to is the, the idea that like grief is evidence of love. You do not grieve what you did not love or who you did not love, continue to love. Right. Mm. Um. And for those of us who do have like sort of sensitive, tender hearts around like what's happening in the world and like looking at the future and being like, are we actually going to have a future as a species, like the intensity of the sorrow is because of the intensity of love. And if we have an intensity of love for the future, then in my personal opinion, we should also have an intensity of hope for the future. And that intensity of hope shouldn't be like sitting around and twiddling our thumbs. It should be using our Jupiterian haunches to get moving.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love that. Yeah. And and you know, that brings up a thought I had about the the, the difference between Sagittarius and Pisces, because I do think that there is like a, there's a palpable energetic mm. difference between these two. I mean, you've got the, the pre-winter solstice sun in Sagittarius, right? Mm. Where we're, we're trying to get to the finish line, right? We're mm. trying to just complete everything. There's a sense of like, let's, let's get this done.
1: It's like th- wrapping things up before Christmas break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like,
0: there's so many things to do before, you know, the 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 final, you know, machinations mm-hmm. of Christmas and all these things or, or whatever holiday season. I find it actually very, as a 12th, maybe this is my 12th house son speaking, but Sagittarius season is always like, I want to go internal. Like, I don't, it's so active. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's, all this activity it's feels counterintuitive because the light is like it's there's it's darkness. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> like we should be resting. Um, right. But then the flip side of that with Pisces, you you're anticipating the the spring equinox,
1: the like right. It's, know, the it's the thaw. The thaw period. Yes.
0: So yeah. I feel like there's this push and this pull with this new moon in particular of like, how do we get everything done? How do we get prepared for the the winter solstice, mm. the, the 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 hunkering down? And then the yeah. anticipatory energy of like, ooh, we're, we're, we're getting our vision clear for action later on mm-hmm. some level. That to me is a Piscean thing. It's like, let me get really clear on my vision before like, you know, hitting the ground running with Aries,
1: right? right? It's like, like, I need to like lay in this beanbag until I know what I actually want to do.
0: Find your why. This is what I love yeah. about Sam Reynolds. He talks, yeah. he's a Pisces rising and he talks about yeah. know your why. What's your um, why? Yeah.
1: That's the thing that keeps you on the path. And that's also the thing that keeps you from uh sponging up inadvertently somebody else's godfire.
0: Mm, yes. So I, I think if we're summing up this this new moon, know your
1: mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: slow down a little bit because you may be tempted to move <laughs> quicker than you know, than you want. Then uh, is be- intelligent.
1: <laughs> right? Especially with like the full moon that comes after this new moon is conjoined Mars. Yeah. Be cautious of injury <laughs> yes
0: exactly yeah. you, you mm-hmm. could hurt yourself by moving too quickly remember yeah. that the guy in the next card the nine of wands he has a he has a bandage <laughs> he bandage it's probably yeah. from like going a little too quickly and uh you know uh, too far too fast ones. exactly yeah so um all right man this has been such a great conversation diana let's let me look at the notes let's see if we can kind of round third base here and right it's like are there are there
1: things that we (laughs) definitively need to bring up
0: yeah because i know
1: you you did all that research on the hexagram i don't know if that feels relevant yeah
0: well we'll, yeah well we always end with the hexagram and the animals okay we'll we'll talk about that in a second and i want to thank all of you for being here in the chat today um people are mentioning oh you're great you're still going (laughs) 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 you know
1: it feels kind of like an almost like an indictment but not
0: (laughs) no you know to me this is what i'll say like i know that for, for me, many people have encouraged me like, oh, you could grow your channel if you had shorter videos. And, and, and I don't think it's about that for me. Yeah, for me, it's about this is spending time with people and mm-hmm. like with you with the audience. And for me, it's, it's an act of generosity to be here longer for people, rather than to say, I'm just going to cut it off at a certain time. So, so to me, time is my absolute most valuable resource. So yeah. to be able to spend it with all of you is, is I hope my expression of generosity to all yeah of them, right Does that make that's sense? um
1: i don't know if you've seen the movie jupiter ascending it's terrible in the best way um but its premise is the uh commodification of time as the What's most that guy's
0: name He's that really he's kind of he's channing, tatum. Is it channing, channing
1: tatum channing tatum is in him and uh no, mila mila yeah. kunis Oh, I don't know who the other tract of what is. Uh, I am terrible at celebrities. I remember this only because I've talked about Jupiter Ascending often enough that I now remember who he, the he played, actors he, are.
0: He played Stephen Hawking. Uh, oh, man, someone remind us in the chat. Yeah, I don't like, know. Uh, I don't know either. I don't remember. Um, let's see. Yes, Maria says the Taurus moon. Generous, but also long-winded. <laughs> 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 uh, so, friends we let me go look through the list here we talked about our big picture thoughts we've talked about jupiter and pisces 3 trine slash square stationing direct to the new moon uh we haven't talked about mercury and mars out of bounds um which also i think is another great reminder to to think a little bit before what comes out of your mouth maybe (laughs) potentially (laughs) right (laughs) yeah, Eddie Redmayne. That's yeah, fiance says Eddie Redmayne. That's who I was thinking. Oh yeah, exactly. that's
1: actually. I'm I'm saying that like I know, yeah. and I'm like that's kind of thinking. Whatever. I'm yeah. terrible at celebrities.
0: Yeah, Eddie Redmayne, great great actor, uh, beautiful human being, just an just a interesting person for sure. Um, Mercury Mars out of bounds. What are we looking at here?
1: I mean, so I love how Tony Howard describes out of bound planets. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not that they're Uranian in the sense of going against the grain on purpose. Yeah. They're just like rules. I didn't even know there were rules. Like I didn't, yeah. I cannot, like literally I can't read. So I, that sign doesn't apply to me.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Like that, like posting, like I did, it's like, I don't read, I don't read English. So the sign that says no skateboarding in the tennis court doesn't apply to me. I'm just going to skateboard in the tennis court. Right. Right. And so that's great for a sense of freedom. It's not so great if you are interacting in a situation where there are um, cultural norms that might be beneficial to adhere to for the sake of your own comfort and for the uh, happiness of others involved. (laughs) Yes. So.
0: Yes. Stepping outside that like accepted Mm -hmm. uh, script of the sun, right? Of the solar king or of the community that you're within. Mm -hmm. So when you have Mercury and Mars out of bounds... Our words could just be popping off, uh, our aggressiveness might not be within normal fighting rules. There might be right. <laughs> no holds barred type of thing. Yep. Which I think is a good warning for for folks uh, around this holiday season, right?
1: Also, a terrible time to use a new power tool without reading the instructions and having an oh. appropriate safety gear on hand first. <laughs>
0: that is the truth that no is power tools truth.
1: yeah unless just... you really know what you're doing do not and, touch the table and saw
0: be careful in the kitchen when you're cooking yeah. potentially too. i may
1: or may not have uh two burns and oh, no. like yesterday i somehow got a piece of glass i don't know from where in my thumb oh no, <laughs> no. so oh
0: well yeah. just slow down people our, that's, a, that's and, our message slow Mars down and
1: gemini always fucks up my hands so
0: yeah I, I we we received some some glass bottles in the mail and they came broken and mm. so there's been little pieces of glass around our our kitchen recently too and Tanya's here today hello Tanya Tanya my partner Tanya is here in the chat talking about Eddie Redmayne and his whisper screaming that will haunt us <laughs> she's a big fan of Eddie Redmayne yeah so
1: <laughs> whisper screaming I feel like that's more like whenever Mercury was in Scorpio ruled by that Gemini retrograde one. <laughs> yeah.
0: perfect Okay, so we've talked about Mercury-Mars outbounds. We've touched on that. We've talked, I think, a little bit about Mars retrograde scoring, Neptune, and, and I think we've probably unpacked that as, as, as much as we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked Sagittarius myths. We don't, I don't think we need to necessarily go into the Hode-Sephira of the tarot, unless it's a, you mm-hmm. think it would be interesting.
1: I actually don't use the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn's correspondences, including I don't use the Kabbalah tree and my own tarot practice. So I have nothing insightful to say about well, no, it.
0: We won't even touch on it. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about Diamond, yeah. the Loimos, the Lord of Plagues. Um, just one last thing I want to do before mm-hmm. we move on to the the final divinatory things that I pull here is I do want to just briefly, briefly touch on the um, the last quarter moon uh, or the, sorry, the first quarter moon that's going to be happening on the thirtieth because I like to see how these might play out over time. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have uh, the square between the moon and, and the sun, mm-hmm. uh, roughly at eight degrees of Pisces. What kind of what kind of experiences might, might we ha- what might we be having <laughs> <around> <laughs> first quarter square? I remember Rudyard likes to talk about them as um, you know, crises of bringing things into being.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is super interesting because it's happening, like if we're using the new moon chart as the root chart, mm-hmm. which is what you know we're looking at here, yeah. it's uh, bringing in that Venus that yes. was conjoined to the new moon. And then transit Venus is opposite transit Mars at this moment too. So that crisis point, feeling kind of like that Venus-Mars tension, like really bringing in how Mars was opposite to and then square to like opposite to the moon but like square to the ruler of the the Luna- like the new moon at that time mm-hmm. um, and what's additionally interesting is like through the participation of venus we're also getting saturn involved again even though the oh, moon yeah. isn't seeing saturn yeah. um so you know i wrote this piece I don't think I made it public. I think I just shared it on Patreon of um, right sizing Mars with the help of Saturn and Venus whenever Venus was still in Libra. And like understanding that there's something about Venus's rulership of Libra and Saturn's domicile of Libra, or sorry, Saturn's exaltation in Libra Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that is balancing to the experience of Mars and Gemini, right? So like Saturn and Aquarius, like directly assisting that, and then Libra adding some gas to that as well. Um, and I feel like there's something about Venus in this opposition kind of pinging back to Libra season and what did Mars need from Libra, but now it's like, Venus is like, you really do need to sit down. You really can't be, you can't keep doing this. Right. And so, Saturn so how, adding to that because Saturn's in that partile trine with Mars.
0: How do we navigate this, this Venus Mars opposition?
1: breathing. <laughs> really, like my number one tip for Mars and Gemini yeah. is breath. Like whatever kind of breathing is available to you, whatever kind of breath work is available to you, pranayama work, like like actually oxygenating your system yeah. and like slowing down the breath, diaphragmatic breathing, not just like, <laughs> but like really getting into the belly yeah. um, as a way to calm the system sufficiently to enact what needs enacting. Uh, judiciously
2: Mm-mm.
1: well
0: yes and Th- thinking like calming yourself before popping off <laughs> right.
1: yeah. 10 seconds or 10 deep breaths before you uh before you uh uncork <laughs> uh yeah it's you know, like the- do you want to you- open up the shoken up uh kombucha or do you want to leave it on the counter for a little bit so that when you open it you don't lose half the kombucha on the counter
0: oh i like that i like that metaphor right you know it's easy to lose something that we're trying to you know contain <laughs> like mm-hmm. with uh, too much uh carbonation mm-hmm. uh too much spiciness
1: and i feel like that's the square right like because yeah. you know we have the square between the sun and the moon but then mm-hmm. the moon is going to move into a square with Mars within, right. you know, a couple days, day or so, and that, like, that sense of excess effervescence. It's like let that effervescence be, you know, a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it, rather than like a big mess that you didn't mean to happen.
0: Absolutely, and, and you know, I think that the other thing that I would say with this square is that those. That first deccan of Pisces is sort of it's related to that eight of cups uh, mm-hmm. where, we're, where we're trying to go off into the the labyrinth as Austin Coppock, of our mind to figure out to figure out our why. and there's some mm. discontent in that deccan
2: mm-hmm. where so
0: there might be like, hey, we want to move forward enthusiastically, but there may be a moment of like, well, hold on a second. Why are we actually doing what we're doing? Why are we uh, on this journey? Does that make
1: sense? Yeah, yeah. And that's bringing another element to the, the Venus-Mars opposition, where it's like Mars is the one that's like, I don't know, man. I'm like over here. I'm kind of like confused. I thought I was learning how to do collage, but it turns out I'm learning Japanese flower arranging. And <laughs> I don't, sure. I don't know why Mercury has so many different hobbies over here. It's kind of right. wild, right? And Venus is like, honey, just sit down. Why yeah. are you in Gemini? Yeah. Why are you spending so much time in Gemini though? Like what's important over there?
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I I think of the difference between the the Gemini Virgo Mercury Mm. is, you know, we've got that, it's a little cliche, but I like the, the, the. The bee pollinating the flowers mm-hmm. and like saying, okay, well, let's let's pollinate everything we can possibly pollinate. Whereas the the Virgo Mercury is like, well, okay, we've got we've harvested something. Let's what are we going to preserve? What are we going to eliminate mm-hmm. and return back to the earth? So, you know, Mars may be trying to split our attention between so many different flowers, and and that can bring a lot of attention to the unification process that is mm-hmm. in the alchemy, the spiritual alchemy that we're supposed to be doing during yeah. Sagittarius season. Um yeah. but one thing I didn't mention too, Diana, is that between 11-25 and uh, no, November 25th and November 27th, we have actually a second Hellenistic void mode. Oh, moment, yeah. It's right? so
1: juicy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's crazy. It, it feels we so- We just had one. We just had one yeah. too. Yeah. It feels so perfect yeah. for eating leftovers. <laughs> nice. And that's it.
0: Yeah. You don't have to right, do I'm
1: anything. <laughs> eating <laughs> like, leftovers, processing and digesting whatever happened. Yeah. over thanksgiving right like dreaming imagining i find like for myself personally uh mm-hmm. void moons like including Hel- including not just hellenistic but like the more modern version of like the moon has it, it is not going to aspect anybody before it moves signs mm-hmm. right like th- that's some that's when some of my most juicy insights come through
2: i love it right um, it's already like good.
1: it's Thanks. Like a void moon is sort of like a collective 12th house moment, which yeah. I think 12th housers were just like, oh, yay, <laughs> this I'm is so it. nice. Everybody else is like, ah, I don't want to be with just myself by myself. What do you mean? That sounds terrible. No and it's just like, no, you should try it. You might actually like. I know, and I'll tell
0: you, th- it's perfectly aligning with my my daughter coming home mm. from college like oh. she she's coming home specifically friday afternoon when the void starts and basically going back when the void ends <laughs> yeah
1: i mean i feel like that's such a perfect time to be like hey kid i got you some like really luxurious bath salts and like a new fuzzy robe and some slippers yeah. let's watch some movies
0: or something you know yeah eat leftovers yeah. watch movies just chill yeah so i'm looking forward yeah, trip to tryptophan city um, yeah <laughs> but but i guess the warning is d- don't try to do anything super important that you w- want to be lasting because the hellenistic astrologers don't would say
1: that, don't start shit right process and shit
0: they would say nothing will come of. don't start shit yeah yeah um okay so then okay let's figure out the rest of this here Sorry, my blood sugar starting to fade a little bit,
1: but do you need to get a snack? I you know I've been I have these little <laughs> shakes going? I have these little shakes okay. that I drink
0: throughout. It's like they're like pea protein or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: pea protein is like the is the most Virgo protein in mm. my opinion.
0: Brown well, have, rice protein
1: have, is Taurus protein.
0: I have Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars in Virgo in the second, so I'm I'm a fairly Virgoian type yeah. person. This this is cookies and cream. Uh, own only what you need. Pea protein with no other bullshit. Gluten free, vegan. I don't nice. Know. So cookies and cream
1: want, ice cream was my mom's preferred craving whenever she was pregnant with me. So it's
0: pretty. It's pretty tasty stuff, and it's semi healthy, I think. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. if you want to sponsor this channel, O Y N O W Y N, <laughs> you know, send me a few cases of this. <laughs> 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 on the air. All right.
1: Uh, taco okay. bell and healthy protein shakes this is the combo <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is the venus and gemini you know thing yeah. you know the, the the least healthy thing in the world and maybe something that's fairly healthy you know we're, we're riding the paradox exactly yeah so we, we've got that quarter moon on the 30th and my notes are trying to to escape me here uh and then we're gonna have the like we talked about the the venus mars opposition um, we're going to have a Venus-Neptune square coming around that period of time. Uh, Mercury will square, square Jupiter. And then Mercury finally leaves Sagittarius. And I don't know if it's a dignity gain, but it's going out of a uh, maybe a dignity de- exile depletion in Sagittarius, mm-hmm. which isn't always necessarily a bad thing. It's just doing things. Yeah. It's not doing things in the, its preferred manner. Yeah. Um,
1: one one way I actually want to share this. So Kira Taborn mm-hmm. is where I learned this from. But it's like Mercury in a Jupiter sign is a tiny person trying to use gigantic tools. And Jupiter in a Mercury sign is a giant person trying to use tiny tools.
0: Oh. Well, that makes a lot of sense with Jupiter. <laughs> As a Jupiter and Virgo native, like
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm obviously <Yeah>. like getting <laughs> into the granularism of all this. And mm-hmm that's why, you know, that's why I've tried to be a little more casual on this channel, because I am just like, you know, sometimes we just have to talk about the bigger picture and not get into every single detail. Because I'll tell you what, this is what my notes <laughs> look like. And I sent them to you, it's you crazy. sent them to me,
1: I've seen them. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: I can't help it. But thoroughness is important to me. But at the, at the same time, like, it, it's just sometimes you just have to have fun. And I've had a, mm-hmm. a great time with you here today. Yeah. Um, t- tell me just briefly, yeah, how do you see this cycle uh, coming to fruition? <sighs> <at> December seventh. <sighs>
1: I'm looking at that. I'm so like, ugh. Yeah,
2: it's I gonna mean, be funky. <laughs>
1: like, like again, like thinking about injuries. Yeah, um, that are born out of any consequences from any enthusiasm that is uh, stirred mm-hmm. by the uh, new moon. Yes. Um. I'm also thinking about this as um, perceiving a deeper motivation that's less about specificity and more about multiplicity, Mm. right? So I think sometimes whenever we talk about like, what's your why, what's your why, what's your why, like people think that it needs to be like super specific. Like my why is to ensure that um, like blue whales are uh, saved. Like we're saving the blue <laughs> whales specifically, mm-hmm. you know, but actually maybe your why is, um, healthy oceanic ecosystems, mm. which is a much, it's much more multiplicitous, right? It's, it's, it's,
0: um, I was just laughing at that. Cause it yeah. seems like a, such a, a, large undertaking, uh-huh. This is this is my youth was like, I'm gonna save everybody and everything. I'm save
1: the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean I feel like um cancer placements, like I have I have my own, right? And I think yeah. there's something there of just like I want to caretake the the everything.
0: Oh, you have Jupiter in Cancer, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You and Tanya do. you and Tanya have really similar charts. We're best like,
1: friends, Tanya. You don't know this yet, but whenever we meet, we will going to be. be best, you will be best
0: friends. Peas I'm,
1: I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. so you're coming over
0: <laughs> to our house for dinner and we're going to chat and you and Tanya okay, cool. are going to be BFFs.
1: Great. Okay. I'll make a pie. Um, <laughs> nice. I love making pie. So, um, oh, no, I'll make a pear crumble. Feel, whatever. We're not yeah. going down that diversion. Come back. Come <laughs> back. Um so yeah. Anyway, I'm thinking about that of just like that illumination of uh, rationale or reasoning that is more um, multi-like, uh, like the. I'm I'm kind of thinking in terms of like inflorescences, like the flowers that come up and out, and it's like a healthy meadow doesn't have a single species in it. A healthy mm. meadow has lots of species in it, like lots of different things living there, mm. and so. Like having this combined with Mars, it's also like, what are all of the different reasons to enact, right? Like, what are the philosophical purposes of action? Um, And what does it mean to understand the actual philosophical origins of your own desires to act?
2: Mm. Well, right? unpacking that yeah
1: <laughs> I mean, th- like I look at that, I look I mean, this lunation is exactly pinging something in my own chart, so I'm Me like,, nah, 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 stop it, don't do that, please it's, ex- it's exactly please be nice,
0: it's exactly on my Venus, so yeah, in the, in the
1: and Okay, that's funny because like the sun yeah. is exactly almost oh, not to the minute, but to the degree yeah. on my Mercury at this point. So this lunation yeah. is happening exactly opposite my Mercury. That's why our chat's been so nice. We have a Mercury Venus yeah. opposition. Oh, well, that's y- cute. You
0: and I have a lot of interesting synistry in our chart too. I think your Mercury is exactly opposite my Venus. Uh-huh. I think you got like Mars opposite my Moon and Pluto. yeah, Mars
1: at sixteen Scorpio.
0: Yeah, I'm fifteen degree Taurus Moon. Uh huh. And yeah, so. And cool. you're, you're familiar your energy is familiar because like tanya's you know chart she's a 12th house sad son jupiter in cancer in the seventh like there's a lot yeah. going on there so yeah
1: cool so besties wh- anyway that's like i'm like i'm looking at this trying not to be too scared because well, Mars is my malefic out of sect. <laughs> well, what I will add,
0: uh, yeah. Diana, to this yeah. mutual admiration society. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'll have guests on here, and like I had Janet on here the other day, and Janet and I were like- Hi, Janet. I, I love you. No, I love you. No, you're wonderful. <laughs> you're wonderful." <laughs> you're <a mess. laughs> like, so, sorry, folks, if you're, if you're like, you know, at all nauseated by our love fest here. astral gush Yes, there you go. <laughs> um, but what I will say is that we've got Mercury, Venus, the moon, and Mars out of bounds at this full moon.
2: Oh, so interesting. All of those planets
0: are like saying, screw your your socially acceptable agenda. Mm. All We all have our own agenda right now.
1: Yeah. So-, so this is making me think, like, I don't know why I hadn't thought about the out of bounds component for this particular um, full moon. I'm so glad you brought it up. Um, because I think one of the things that this particular Sagittarius season brings forward is the, um, the opportunity, but also the imperative of imagination and imagining things differently. So innovation, but not in a technology way, innovation as in how can I think and be
2: Mm. differently?
1: Yeah. Because the circumstances that we are in are like, we're in a new Epic, like, like, epochal time period Jupiter, like it's an Saturn, epic air, epoch right yeah. yeah exactly we're at the beginning of like the most like the next renaissance yep. essentially and like the beginning of the renaissance isn't the cute like everybody's walking mm. around as a patron of the medicis <laughs> like it's
0: uh everybody having a temper tantrum that they have to change
1: <laughs> it's a swarm of bees <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> many yep. swarms of bees all looking for new homes yeah. um and so there is something about like you know potentially like an inciting incident Mm -hmm. that really um drives home the necessity to think differently um to not just like intake all of a bunch of different influences because it's cute and nice and like it's cool to have a collection but to understand that what you've been collecting does require you to behave differently at a certain point
2: Hmm.
1: because this is trying Saturn.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Saturn,
1: Saturn and Aquarius like Aquarius in general, but Saturn Aquarius is very much like, what are the structures of your worldviews? And are they the ones that you need in order to build the world that Hmm. matters to you? And with Jupiter and Pisces, it's like, are you dreaming the world that matches your worldview Mm-hmm. Or is the world you're dreaming requiring a different worldview? Mm-hmm. And so just for cita- citation, Ali, Ari Felix has been doing quite a lot of work mm-hmm. around world building and dream worlding lately. Oh, and there's nice. somebody to work with if that those concepts are resonant with you. Was that
0: the one that was you were sharing about the midheaven? Connecting yeah the midheaven they, they
1: recently did a post like just this week of like the midheaven yeah. as reflecting and world building but they've been nice. doing it for all of the planets and like they okay. do yeah they're very innovative with this so, so
0: i'm seeing also just a capital t truth versus little t relative truth uh, with this one and yeah. you know trying to get outside of yourself to maybe just at least consider someone else's perspective at this full moon, Mm -hmm. right? Without getting so wrapped up in your own goal and vision that you just can't hear what parts of it need to be adjusted, right?
1: Ooh, okay. What does it mean to let yourself be pollinated instead of being the enactor of pollination?
0: I like that.
1: Because that's one of the things about Mars and part of why um, certain people like myself can have a hard time with Mars is like, am I letting something influence me, which to a degree is allowing myself to be penetrated by something else? Mm. And where and when does that feel safe?
0: Wow. I like that. I like that. So. Be the stamen. <laughs>
1: um, be 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 the flower you wish to see in the world. Like okay. you know, be be the accidental hybridization that open you wish your, to
0: see in the world. Open up your petals and be receptive.
1: Yeah. Right? yeah. Don't I close mean, and,
0: your, your beauty off. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: I like that. So so receptivity with this this full moon may be something mm-hmm. to to focus on. Uh, I mean,
1: this is the Venus sextile Jupiter, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Well, we'll have another guest on here at some point uh, to break this down. Or I don't know. Sometimes I just give up and just do a solo thing. So we'll see where my brain is (laughs) at this point. Um, Okay. So that is the astrology that we have here. Let's wrap this awesome conversation up by just talking a little bit about the animal that I pulled up. I like to do something that's called integrative divination um, Mm. because of, you know, the Gemini qualities I have in my chart, but also just, you know, the more, sometimes when we have more symbols, we can, there's one thing that really cracks the nut open Mm -hmm. for somebody. Um, And in this case, would you like to do the animal first or the I Ching? Uh, Animal? Okay. So the animal we got for this one is really interesting. It's the armadillo. Ooh. So the armadillo, of course, is a you know, you know happy-go-lucky little animal that loves to dig, by the way. <clears throat> I have I my uncle used to live in Dallas, Texas, and he had armadillos in his backyard. And they'd completely destroy the backyard with their uh-huh. burrows and whatnot. But um, so it's got this hard exterior protecting the soft underbelly. So there's know we need to protect that sensitivity especially as we come into the holiday season we may need to have healthy boundaries without cutting cutting off creating ultimatums Um, Mm -hmm. how are you how are you describing that again without doing
1: i mean it's it's without it's not building a wall okay right it's about self-responsibility not control of the other
0: there we go okay so protecting your inner sensitivity moving at a slow pace they're not fast animals they they move at their own pace they're also very solitary so this may be sagittarius season maybe a time a balm to all the mars retrograde gemini energy take some time out like take Mm -hmm. some time for yourself go into your chiron cave and and you know either nurse a wound or or study or figure out what your why is around this and prepare for the return of the light at the solstice Uh, we can over We can blow out our nervous systems during this season with too much activity. Mm -hmm. Um, Keep this, they also, there's another author, her name's Melissa Alvarez, that I pull these animals from. She talks about keeping your secrets to yourself. Mm. Uh, that you don't necessarily have to share every single thing that's coming into your mind, like that sounds some,
1: very Mars Mercury concerns, <laughs> right? So uh,
0: that was one thing that that confused me about my partner is she was very ins- inscrutable when I first met her. I was like, "You're not telling me everything." <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's but I think that there's something healthy about that. I, I don't mm-hmm. think we have to share every single thought that causes, crosses our our frontal lobe or whatnot. Um, And it's okay to let things gestate for a while. Mm -hmm. They also speak to having a compassionate nature uh, and uh, specifically utilizing that sensitivity in a way that is um, harmonious with others. So by by keeping your own counsel, not leaking energy or giving away all of your thoughts before they're fully formed, that actually does help you set healthy boundaries with folks Mm -hmm. Because then you don't, you're not going to ignite some kind of conflict before you actually feel centered. Because a lot of the Mm -hmm. conflicts that we see in life are because we ourselves are not unified. We are not like, uh, we we don't really believe it.
2: (laughs) Right.
1: Or, you know, it's like a conflict emerges as part of trying to figure out what you think, but you say the thing and then it's registered as that's what you actually think. And you're like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to figure out what I think.
0: Yes. And, and one of the and things to do about, that,
1: figuring out solitary.
0: Well, and, 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 piggybacking off of that and Tanya's taken off and she says, you have a standing bestie dinner party invitation. So we'll make that happen. Uh, <laughs> like, but to me, the, the, one of the other challenges of Mars and Gemini is that Liz green talks a lot about shadow projection with Gemini.
1: And mm-hmm. I think it's
0: very mm-hmm. easy to project yeah. something that we are conflicted with internally onto others, especially a, in mm. family togethers uh so mm. Mm. yeah go ahead i can see okay, a, so a th- this is
1: going. the like the, 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 yeah. the, the, the pcb- is happening i'm reminded of the song that you the harry nelson song that you chose yeah. whenever you shared in your stories earlier this week me and, me and my, my arrow, arrow which yeah. Which comes from the point, which mm-hmm. was a concept album that Harry Nilsson came up with while like completely ratcheted on acid, <laughs> and also became a an animated children's TV special. Um, one version of which is narrated by Ringo Starr. That's the better nice. one. I forget who narrates the other one. It's not as good. Um, but that's it's my favorite. My favorite. Like I'm not even gonna say it's my favorite kids movie. It's my favorite movie. Period. Nice. Arrival is very close but the awesome, point wins. So um, I would like to recommend that as Sag season, <laughs> Sagittarius season uh, watching, mm. um, homework, but it's really home play because you're watching a kid's movie. You can find it for free on YouTube. Um, but the shadow component is really important because mm. you know the main character Oblio has a dog named Arrow who accompanies him on this adventure. Um, but the reason why he's even on the adventure is because Oblio in a way represents the shadow of the village mm. in which he is born, but he's born different from everybody else.
0: Well, you do know that Harry Nielsen's a Gemini son, right?
1: I didn't know that. I haven't ever looked at his chart, <laughs> so. um, for reasons that I don't understand why I would have yeah. never looked at his chart because he's brilliant and I love him. Oh, so um, great, Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, We'll add him to our Astro playlist that people have been trying to encourage me to, like, put out into the world. Uh, We we had a long digression in our last chat on this channel about our favorite musicians and all of that.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, I've been on a Whitney Houston kick lately.
1: nice. (laughs) I was going to say Angel Olsen's Endless Road is also an extremely good Sagittarius season song and especially for Steck and Satch
0: okay yeah what is the name of that i'm gonna have to write it down. endless
1: road it's a bonus mm-hmm. track from burn your fire for no witness okay very cool yeah
0: okay so we've got the armadillo yeah go check out harry nielsen the movie the point yeah have your own whitney houston bodyguard uh <laughs> 90s movie Mo- night experience just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fun um and so we have one final thing here we have a hexagram that, and yeah. i always ask what is the essence of the lunation and at hexagram number 43, which the multiple translations uh, talk about resolution, determination, decisiveness, speaking forthrightly, elimination, Im- eradicating remaining evils, uh, parting, cutting off br- breakthrough. There's, there's like mm. uh, stories of like a, I believe, a ram that is trying to uh, extricate itself from like the brambles or something of that nature with this. And there's two changing lines. Line number one says, powerful in his forward toes. He goes forward, but it is not able to overcome. He incurs blame. The author that I like, his name is Jack Balkin, and he's a Yale professor. his, the book is called Laws of Changes. He, t- he talks about an impatience and an eagerness to press forward in this life. Um, and, but but he also says that, that you may lack the ability to deal with the issues that you're facing right now with the skills mm. that you have. So mm. think carefully about what is or isn't possible. Stay connected with your current limits for now. Mm. And don't waste resources on a rash advance. Hold back to gain strength. So We've been talking about that as we've been going along
1: mm-hmm. too. very apt
0: right yeah. I, I ching is one of my favorite oracles it does not mess around it like mm-hmm. goes to the heart of it and it's like okay you're gonna have to deal with the, the the reality of this yeah line number two says cries of alarm arms at evening and at night have no fear so this line jack talks about uh being perpetually alert um mm-hmm resolution determination requires preparation caution readiness um mm. this is really about preparing for difficulties in advance like we were talking about like preparing yourself mentally and emotionally before mm-hmm. heading into the war zone of family dinners
1: <laughs> yeah this is this is making me think about the difference between hyper vigilance and appropriate preparation yeah because yes. hyper vigilance is um Extremely understandable. And also often doesn't actually prepare you to deal with things. It just makes you anticipating, like it puts you in an anticipatory crouch Mm -hmm. without necessarily having the resources to launch out of that crouch if and when necessary. Mm. Whereas preparation means that you're not just in the crouch, but you are ready to act and get into the crouch when it's required. Mm. Okay.
0: So like training, right? Training.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting, getting yeah. into
0: the training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he also talks about keeping your wits about you without losing your emotional balance, which I mm-hmm. think is good advice for Jupiter in the third decan of Pisces yeah. hosting the new moon. And just, you know, p- preparedness. This is something that I was thinking about. The luck of Sagittarius or the luck of Jupiter. Um, it's not just random. It mm-hmm. I, To me, because Jupiter is part of the solar sect, there is an active conscious component to it. And Mm -hmm. you can create luck by by being prepared, by taking accumulating actions over time and being in the right place to be able to take advantage of your opportunity. It's not just random, right?
1: Yeah, that's one of the things like Sam talks about in terms of Jupiter returns. And it's Mm -hmm. just like sometimes a Jupiter return just points out where you're not ready to receive the thing that you think you want.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. I love
1: it. He's so yeah. wise. I should,
0: I should yeah. get him back here. I've had yeah. one chat with him on the channel, and I've, I got to hang out with him at the Great Lakes Astrology Conference. He's he's really funny. I, just
1: really, <laughs> I love his energy. He's next level. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're changing with those two changing lines to the hexagram number 31, which translates to mutual influence, reciprocity, mm. mutual attraction, courtship, and wooing. Mm. So we're preparing ourselves for a union, right? For coming together like the, like the centaur potentially.
1: Yeah. And that also makes me think about, you know, it's like the full moon in Gemini as the thing that comes after the new moon in Sagittarius, hmm. where it's like the new moon or like Sagittarius itself has sort of this, like, I'm going to go do the thing. I'm going to hmm. go like talk to people. I'm going to go just like do whatever I want to do. And Gemini is like, okay, but who are you going along with? And we think about like the tarot association of the lovers card with Gemini and like, what does it mean to understand that in your venturing you are coming into connection?
0: Yes. All right. So who's your, who's your ride or die and who, what crew are you going to go, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) go exploring with who's,
1: who's in the sidecar. There you go. I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, Diana, this has been amazing. Uh, this yeah. was a lot of fun.
1: Super enjoyable.
0: Uh, yeah, r- really, really grateful for you coming on the show for your enthusiasm, your infectious enthusiasm, <laughs> uh, your your intelligence and your storytelling ability. Just really great. I can see why, you know, you've been making your way in the astrological world. Just really, really good stuff. And I'm really, really happy to see, you know, you out in the world. And please, please, please keep keep sharing your gifts. I know as 12th okay. house sons, we t- sometimes we want to retreat i do i know this is me talking to myself too
1: <laughs> the <laughs> thing i have to keep reminding myself is that in quadrant i have an 11th house son me too <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think that's why we do this yes, yes. Sir, it's Probably. yeah my son is in the 11th and quadrant house but yeah but but i will say when i switched to hell sign houses there was a lot of aha moments with <sighs> that. so much relief
1: it's like yeah. when i learned that i was actually a capricorn rising not a sagittarius rising like I'm definitely a Sagittarius, but I am not a Sagittarius rising. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> the, yeah. the beauty of self-actualization through mm-hmm. astrology, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, a lot of it is just confirming things that we have felt intuitively and allowing mm-hmm. us to just be like, oh, okay, yes, I can just be, I can be Relax myself.
1: into it instead of feel weird about it. You don't have to feel some type of way about who you are. You just got to be who you are.
0: There you go. All right. So, Diana, we can find you at...
1: Uh dianaroseharper.com Okay. Instagram.com slash damashena That's spelled D-D-A-M-A. What's the story behind? What's that all about? So Rosa Damashena, the mm-hmm. Damask Rose is one of the oldest cultivars of rose. It's used medicinally. It smells really, really good. Um, the best rose waters are made out of Damascus roses. In my personal opinion, somebody will probably argue me, with me about that, but I don't care. Um and <laughs> nice. Yeah, I wanted um like Dam- Damascus steel is yes. also just like a really beautiful and strong item. And so there's something about the combination, you know, my middle name is Rose. Mm. Um and I have a Venus Mars sextile it's separating, but it's there. And there's something about um roses as a mm, protective but also tutelary plant for me, like yeah. see some right up there. Um but wanting to emphasize, I don't know, wanting to emphasize both the perfume and the thorns.
0: Nice. Yeah. It's, it's reminding me of the Mandalorian and, and the, did you watch the Mandalorian at all? I
1: haven't ever seen any star war. So yeah, it, it,
0: it was, there's yeah. this, this very, uh, uh, mm, there is a group of, of spiritual uh, people that have the special steel it's called Beskar steel uh-huh. it's very sacred you know and it's yeah it's like
1: valyrian steel in the in the game yeah. of or in the world of game of thrones yeah, totally. yeah um anyway so i'm on instagram i'm also on patreon i'm on twitter but twitter is maybe dying i don't know <laughs> um either. and then i do want to just reiterate like if people are interested in my sagittarius season jupiter offering if you go to com slash buy dash jove you can learn more about it and decide if it's something you want to do.
0: Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Support Diana Rose. Sign up for By Jove. Um, Again, if you want to get the Decans of Scorpio, they're on sale until Tuesday. Check that out. Please like and subscribe to the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, sign up for Diana's newsletter.
1: I do have a newsletter, which you okay. can do on my website.
0: Sign up yeah. for my newsletter. Subscribe
1: mm-hmm. to the channel. Share it um, with your friends. If you liked this. Share it with your friends. Okay, keep going.
0: Be be infectious with your enthusiasm. <laughs> like spread spread the good
1: word. Be um, like uh, Sagittarian seeds, Jupiterian seeds. There you go. Yeah.
0: And, and I want to thank all of you that joined us today. Um, really appreciate all of you. I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and come into alignment with gratitude with the things that bring you together rather than separate you, and try to appreciate those things in your life. And of course, just. Be kind to yourself as you're being kind to one another. It makes it easier to be kind to others when you're being kind to yourself. So that is what I've got for you folks today. And I will see you the next time. Take care, friends. Bye.